All right. What are you waiting for? Go to starcastonfight.com right now. You'll be glad you did check out the incredible lineup of shows, more than 22 shows, three of them hosted by Tony Schiavone and oh yeah, the roast of Ric Flair. You don't want to miss it. Whether you're into the old school or you like the new school, we've even got Cody and the young bucks sitting down to talk about how all elite wrestling came to be. But when you're listening to this show, you're all about nostalgia and it doesn't get more nostalgia than checking out a panel about Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat from 1989. It's what we're going to be talking about today on the show. JR is going to be moderating that panel. And not only do you get to watch live, but you get to interact on fight, ask your questions live on fight. And this is going down this weekend. Hurry over to starcastonfight.com right now. And when you place your pre-order, you're going to get a credit for future purchases on fight. This is the best bargain around. And if you like what we're doing here on WHW, we would really appreciate if you would go check out starcastonfight.com right now. Thompson, and you're listening to what happened when with Tony Schiavone, Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? How you doing, bud? Everything. Okay. On your end, man, all is right with the world. And I'm fired up to be here with you today Yeehaw. because I know that, uh, well, let's just be honest. You haven't been very happy lately no. and you've been a little grumpy and you've been sending me angry text messages. And I just keep thinking any day now you're going to say, fuck it. I'm going to drive for Atlas. <laughs> you know, there, there have been times, there have been times when I thought I could just drive for Atlas and listen to podcasts as I'm driving and making six figures and then be done with this bullshit. But then I got to thinking, where would my life be without you, without Dave Silva, without Chris McDonald, without Casio? Without all the slapdicks who are my friends, where would my life be? But the fact is, is that Atlas would be a heck of a secondary opportunity for me, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, listen, here's the deal. Atlas dudes, I can't believe this is a real number, can make a bunch of money. Uh, and you've got the actual specifics on how much money you can make driving for Atlas. Your first year, depending on which of the three divisions you drive, you can make between $143,000 $197,000 average per year. And that is per year straight up. 
Home time, seven to ten days, depending on your roots. Your tolls are paid for. You have the optional maintenance program to boot. They're not just stick haulers, but they haul sticks too. Brett the Hitman Hartman is our buddy, and he and his team will hook you up. If you're an owner-operator, give them a call today and call at 877-778-6959, 877-778-6959. Or for more information, check them out at facebook.com slash driveatlas, facebook.com slash driveatlas. Or visit the website, www.driveforatlas.com slash wrestle. It's drive, the number four, atlas.com forward slash wrestle and get hooked up with Brett the Hitman Hartman and Atlas Fan Lines, one of our great sponsors. They've been with us for quite a while. They're good friends of ours, and they do it right, Conrad. They really do. What I like most of all is the way you go, slash, slash. Why, why if you don't know what a slash is here in 2019, then you've never been on the internet. Slash, forward slash, backslash, slash. Just fun. Here you go. Slash. Might be our new thing. Well, listen, man, I'm excited about why we're really here. It's Wrestle War May 7th. So we just passed the 30 year anniversary of this show. Man, time flies. How does it make you feel when we review something that's 30 freaking years old? Well, if, number one, it makes me feel old. And there number two, it makes me wonder is somebody ribbing me? Has time really gone by that quickly? And then I look, uh, look on the face of Eric Bischoff and see how fucking old he is. And I thought, yeah, time has gone by that quickly. It really has. And we're excited that you guys have decided to spend some time with us today because we're going to be watching one of the greatest matches of all time. Certainly one of the most important trilogies of the NWA's rich history for their world championship belt, Ric Flair and Ricky steamboat. Uh, they put on three clinics at high profile shows in 1989 and rekindled their feud from the seventies and magic was made, man. Uh, and this one is no exception. This is the, uh, this is the rubber match. So as we come into this match. Uh, we've got one, one win for Ric Flair, uh, down in new Orleans. We've got one win with, um, I guess there, well, that wasn't really a win because there was some controversy to the end right. of the second one, uh, Put but the rope controversy, but we had uh, a second referee make a clear decision in the first one in Chicago. So this is the rubber match. Now this is for all the marbles, so to speak. And, uh, the NWA is going to pull out all the stops here. Uh, to put on the best show possible. And it's in a wrestling city, Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, Chicago, obviously a hotbed, new Orleans, once upon a time was really, really hot, uh, for bill Watts. And now we're here to cap it off in Nashville. And what's interesting about this series is you weren't here for any of this stuff. You were calling ultimate warrior matches somewhere else. Isn't that something? And, and, and the fact is, is that I grew up or I was in my younger days, I thought steamboat and flair was the deal. I, and it, it was, it was the greatest rivalry in mid Atlantic championship wrestling back in the day. And, and I remember when the two wrestled for the television championship, uh, and it was on TV on mid Atlantic championship wrestling. And I don't know the year, but I know it was the seventies where Ricky steamboat became a star by beating Ric Flair on TV. And I've, I've talked to steamboat about that. And there, there's a great story about that, that I'm going to get into, uh, about when he won the television championship and the angle that went on after that. And so then I watched him later on in a cage match in Charlotte, a cage match in Greensboro. But then, we, then I get into the business and I meet steamboat. I meet flair and I'm thinking, man, this is great. 
and their great trilogy, I'm somewhere else. How about that? That's weird. Yeah. So the voice of these three matches is actually good old JR. And he's going to be hosting a panel with both of these guys. The first night of Starcast, where they're going to revisit this legendary feud. And we're calling it 30 years and five stars later, uh, because all three of these matches are five-star clinics. Uh, and you even saw Dave Meltzer himself just freaking out front row at the Chicago show. Just so excited about the, uh, the match these guys were putting on, but without any further ado, I said, we get this party started and let's start wrestle war 1989. Let's bring in Lois Shivani for our countdown that has everybody talking that the old woman can still count to three or backwards from three. Here's Lois. Old woman, old woman. You're calling me an old woman and saying I can't count? Oh, my God. Well, I can count. And guess what? You're old, too. Three, two, one. See there? Play. Kevin Sullivan, Danny Spivey, the first family. Sting. Iron the Sheik. The Oak, what the fuck? The Oak Ridge Boys? Yeah, they're taking oh. on the Road Warriors here. <laughs> the Varsity Club. Uh, Michael PSAs before he was fat Lex Luger. And then the nature boy, Ric Flair with a lot of hair. And there he is. Ricky, the dragon steamboat. It's all a part of wrestle war. Yes. Who will the Oak Ridge boys wrestle at Russ? I, you know, I, I like that, that, uh, banjo. It, if, this cool. feels really weird. First of all, I do like the banjo with the spikes and the chain, yeah. but it feels really weird. Like it's wrestle war 89, but there's a banjo with spikes on it. And it says music <laughs> city showdown. This is the most random naming ever. Yeah. Hey, what do you think Bob Cottle saying right here? Bob Cottle along with Jim Ross. We chased away Tony Schiavone. He's no longer here. Jim Ross, you're here. You're much better than that motherfucker. And let me say that I work for Jesse Helms and I work in Raleigh, North Carolina in politics. I never know what I'm fucking doing here. Her. Well, thanks for talking a little bit, Bob Cottle. Of course, I'm going to do the rest of the talking from here on out. You see, that's what I do. I move into other people's gigs, show them how they should have been doing it all along, get much better results. Let's take it to the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Gary Michael Capetta. Stand up as the Oak Ridge boys are going to sing the national anthem. Oh, see, what are we doing here? Our careers must be going to shit. If we're on a wrestling pay-per-view, then we know we are no longer relevant. <laughs> but the good news is that we're in Nashville and didn't have to fly here. So we just drove up the road from Knoxville, Tennessee. Stand up, fella. And the Rockets' red glare. Bunch of bombs in the air and the rednecks with the mullet. We are their number one fans. Oh, say does the iron cheek still wrestle with curly Q boots. He really is from Iran. I hope we bomb the shit out of them. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to what happened when that will conclude today's episode. Uh, I guess I her, no, we're not done yet. Connie. You see, I got a lot of talking to do. Now, there's going to be some wrestling, but you can bet your ass. 
There's going to be some talking. Now, Tony Schiavone was here for years and years, and uh, Rick Flair is one of his close personal friends. In fact, I have it uh, on a good close personal source friend of mine that Tony Schiavone used to be the personal penis carrier for Ric Flair back in the 70s in the Mid-Atlantic era. That's before he's in the business. He was just trying to pay his dues, Missy Hyatt style, if you know what I mean. But what I'm telling you is, whatever Tony Schiavone can do, I can do better. We started with announcing, now we're into podcasting. You see that old grilling JR? It's number one. That's why I keep showing this number one. little subtle reminder that my podcast is number one. How's he like that, Schiavone? You see, I'm down here with the nature boy. You're up there with the ultimate warrior. Huh. WrestleMore 89 presents the great Muta with manager Gary Hart against the junkyard dog. We've got bad news for you. JYD is still in transit. He ain't going to be here. Butch Reed to be here, though, against Ranger Ross. That will put some snoozes in the seats. Dick Murdoch and Bob Orton, the loser, goes to the nursing home. That's right. The nurse, uh, the nursing home is awaiting the loser of this match. Dynamic dudes, the Samoan SWAT team, Samoan SWAT team with a Samoan death drop. Michael PSA is against Lex Luger. Last time you'll see him in a feature event. Holy shit. We hope at least. And that's a meathead and a rock and roll. Iron Sheik against Sting. We've run out of people for Sting to face here in the early part of 89. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Not like the 70s, but like the 80s. You're going to love it. Yes, sir. As long as Bonnie lets him wrestle tonight. Road Warriors against the Varsity Club. That's right. The Road Warriors, they all scream. The Varsity Club, they can't cut a promo. Speaking of Varsity Club, Kevin Sullivan, Danny Spivey. Hey, give us a number on the socks. What about it? Hey, look at my Boston Red Sox hat. Now let's go back to Gary Michael Capetta for this job match. This is a pay-per-view, and there's a job match. Oh, my God. My God. Doug, Doug Gilbert. Gilbert. Now, listen, well, I shouldn't have called Doug Gilbert a job match. You know, well, a lot of our it, Memphis fans are going to be mad about. Nah, well, fuck, I'm, I'm fuck so, you and you Memphis fans. How's that sound? Well, here's the deal. He started out in the ring. Doesn't that say job match? Yes. Why would you get a wide shot if you got empty seats on camera? Right. And not only that, it was supposed to be JYD. Yes, it was, but JYD was, uh, well, JYD and here, uh, let me tell you, I love this entrance set. Less is more. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. You're absolutely right. Less is more. All right. That being said, Mm -hmm. the, uh, little sparklers that they did at the end was kind of lame. A lot of my friends, especially from Hershey, he, um, (laughs) <laughs> he loves anything Japanese wrestling. And so like great mood, I think as a kid was probably one of his favorites. And I got to admit, this is a cool look, man. Like, you know, and this sounds a little cheesy and I get that some of our younger fans won't know this, but here in the eighties, dude, Kung Fu movies and Ninja movies and the VHS industry, it was at an all time high. Like everybody was Ninja this and Ninja that. And it was a big deal. And so when this guy comes out in this garb, uh, this resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. And you know what happened when they saw him? Everybody was Kung Fu fighting. Yes. Everybody was fast as lightning. We ha. I like to kick him in the midsection. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, all you Memphis motherfuckers go down with Gilbert. Oh, down you go. Motherfucker. I'll kick referee too. Why did Nick Patrick walk right into traffic? He never did that. 
let me ask you about the, uh, was he known, was he only known as the great Muda here first? Was he like Kenji Muda in, in Japan first? I don't know. I don't know the story behind him. This is early days WCW though, right? Did you say Kenji Muda? Kenji Muto. Okay. Was it, okay. Was that right? Kenji Muto? Kenji Muto kick you in nuts. Oh, and he took a fucking bump. Fuck. He doesn't even know what's going on here. He was wrestling in Florida as the white ninja. And then he was nicknamed the space lone wolf. And then eventually, uh, he went to Puerto Rico, became the super black ninja. And then, uh, he debuted here first as the great Muto on March 18th, 1989. And then Jim Ross pronounced the name, the great Muta. Yeah. And he became the great Muta. Well, very good. <laughs> Did you say space wolf? Uh, space lone wolf, <laughs> space lone wolf. What fucker booked that name? Hey, Snap. Well, hang on hey. now. Hang on now. You, you're, you're, you're your own great close personal friend, the Crockett's. Uh-huh. You want to tell everybody what they named Scott Hall? Uh, how about Starship Coyote? Oh, Starship Coyote. So, God, I forgot that. So I'm not going to let you get down here and run your mouth. <laughs> Starship Coyote. <laughs> Holy motherfucking shit. <laughs> you know what? Pass around the doobie. What are we going to call him? <laughs> how about Starship Coyote? Yeah, motherfucker. I'll do it. He's been pulling tarp at Crockett Park. He'll do it. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Starship Coyote. <laughs> Starship Coyote against Starship Lone Wolf. I got all over you, didn't I? <laughs> I've forgotten about it. What they call Spivey? He was something else too, right? Oh, was he? You know what? That's a good question. I think he was. They, they were the, the Starship team. Oh, mm, I forgot about that, but you're right. Yeah. He was Starship Drop- Eagle. Starship Eagle. Very good. <laughs> Eagle. Eagle coyote. <laughs> Watch out. Fans are the fans are into this man already because I, of the shit that mood is doing. I, I've decided that you and I can never tape at night. We always have to tape in the morning or early afternoon. That's when we get Tony at his best. <laughs> Whoa. Well, you just never know what you're going to get with me. You're, a, you're, you're like a box of chocolates from four. Yeah, right. Oh, that's a morning salt one, two. Three and there it goes. Now that doesn't seem like a big deal now, but how hot of a move was a moonsault in 1989? Uh, man, it was great. Here comes Eddie Gilbert in. Yeah, get out of my way. I fuck Missy Hyatt. I married her, so move. And Muda say, I don't care about Missy Hyatt. I'm gonna spit. He looked great, didn't he? Man, were there? Uh, do you think there were? Uh, rats who are in, uh, Muda. Oh yeah. I'm sure there were. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there were some rats that says spit that red stuff all over me. You know, just, he's in a Southern territory and I just, I think it would be hilarious to be like, I'm on great Muda to really work on my Cuda. (laughs) (laughs) In the Waffle House parking lot. Great Muda moose out my Cuda. Uh, by the way, I had a, uh, I heard a, uh, a redneck girl here locally in Huntsville, Alabama the other day pronounced the word cooter really, and I fucking nearly choked to death because it was even more country than I expected. It was awesome. I need to find her 
<laughs> just get audio of that and just put yes. it on the show. Say here, say here. Speaking of this microphone, I mean, record this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to get any well, ideas. What do you think of the? Oh, uh, oh, well, what's he saying here? Let me say that uh, I have no idea why Jim Ross and Bob Cottle and even Tony Schiavone have been on camera because I'm better than all of them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you're, you're still doing this one. Oh, I'm still there. Whoa. Let me tell you something, Lance Russell. They say that Tony Schiavone has taken my dick along with him for the ride. As a matter of fact, there's even talk that he's taken my dick with him home for Lois. I want to say that I come with my penis. That's right. If you grab the baby's arm, I'm going to follow. As a matter of fact, you put a couple Stoli Seabreeze in me, I'll follow you anywhere you want to go. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about Ricky Steamboat. You and I have been wrestling since the 70s. I made you a star, motherfucker, and I will make sure that you lose tonight, and then I'll make sure that Bonnie does not book you any fucking where else because I'm the nature boy, and I'm just starting to go through wives. I'm on number two right now. Woo! Well, there you go. He's halfway through. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I love the set here, but I hate that we got Butch Reed walking out. I think mm. Butch Reed should, if I could help it, I would never see a Butch Reed match unless it was under the hoods as doom. Mm. I liked that Butch Reed, but just a singles match with Butch Reed, man, it's as interesting to me as an Evan courageous match is to you. And I can't really put my finger on why. Yeah. Like he had a good look. I mean, not like he's not wrong to me personally. I know in your case, it was because she, uh, she big Medusa had a lot of time for Evan courageous and very little for you. And you're just jealous. And I get that. No, it's more than that. Uh Oh, the MPs are, Oh, I thought they arrested him. Oh Which, my God. Okay. Talk to me. Listen, I, I love the, and I get, this is super hokey when you watch this in 2019, but again, you got to appreciate this is the Chuck Norris era of movies and Rambo and you know, yeah, this is, this is what is, is in GI Joe and it's that era. So I get it. Right. But dude, it sucks in 2019. Doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. Especially when Ranger Ross is an army Ranger and they got Navy guys walking out with him. All right. Now you're putting way too much thought on that. The kids watching in the crowd don't know that. By the way, is that Pat Patterson as our referee? Uh, no, like that's I, the security guy from, uh, Superman three. I feel like if Pat Patterson had a baby with Brutus beefcake, it would be our referee. Okay. Well, uh, you know what, uh, as this match goes along, let's see where the referee well, puts right, his hands wait, and it on. might the, be the army man just did the hip swivel. The army yeah. man just did ravishing Rick rude moves. Well, you know, that that's probably part of uh, his basic training. I don't think that's part of the basic training, Tony. Oh, what is well, this kick bullshit? All right. Okay. I hate to play armchair booker, but to me, if you just had great Muta out there, right. You can't in the next match be Ranger Ross trying to pretend like you're going to do some kicking. Well, I, I'm thinking that moving the hips and then the l- little kick out is part of the loosening up process. When you're in basic training, it's gotta be, I mean, I've never been to basic training. I don't know. It could be, don't you think? And why not just grind in a side headlock and have this whole fucking pay-per-view screech to a fucking halt. Oh my God. The visual of you being in basic training just tickled me. 
So let's come be? up with like a little marching song. All right. I'll start it. And then I want you to be funny. And we're just going to freestyle. So it may not uh, be any uh, good. Are you ready? Don't, don't ask me to be funny because now to put this pressure on me to try to be funny. Okay. Well, don't try to be funny. Just try right, to be try you. To be. Can you just be you? Okay. What are we doing again? I'm going to do like a marching order. Like Tony Schiavone was actually okay. in basic training and then you're okay. just going to freestyle. All right. Well, here we go. I don't know, but I've been told I'm a whore and I do not know. <laughs> Why that's funny to me, but the idea that you're running around marching. <laughs> Try <it> again. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just. Oh my god. Go ahead. Try again. Try again. Let's. let's do I don't know, but I've been told. Fuck you, you drill sergeant. A frogman's money is good as gold. Lois Bell drives me crazy. Sound off. Your hair, dog hair. One, two. Missy Hyatt. <laughs> oh, we're going to get that down pat. You know, yeah, I've been uh, trying to get you to do more music. I I thought about two months ago, I had you talked into do, remixing a lot. Yeah. You know what? I found the, I found the, uh, I found the background music to it. And I just, uh, every you, time I think about doing it. Oh, Chris Adams on the front row. I, uh, I, I think it's not a big deal. No, I don't. You find it. Who the fuck? What the fuck? Teddy long coming out, taking everybody's orders. What would you like, sir? All right. Let's see a waffle. Dude, okay. Ted, Teddy long right here. It looks like he just left soul glow. <laughs> do you, uh, do you know the, the soul glow song from coming to America? Uh, oh God. No, I, I know that movie, but I don't know the soul glow song. <laughs> soul glow. Oh, what a great movie that was. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Know, they're, they're, they're doing a sequel right now. Are they really? Yeah. Just 35 years later. Oh boy. I bet so, you they won't look old. Sort of like you and your wrestling career, you know? Exactly. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I'm done with all that. I'm done. I'll do a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> what? I got a daughter getting married. Get Conrad Thompson on the phone. I want to do Shivani colon the sequel. You know, I haven't even asked Jr. which of his daughters is getting married. Huh. Hello. Oh, wait. Have we talked about the fact that, uh, the daughter, daughters? I know he has daughters. Not that you fucker. Okay. Have we talked about the fact that, uh, the daughter that you originally agreed to do the podcast to marry off is now with child. Have we disclosed that on the show? Uh, we have not. Uh, little Noah was born on the 13th of May. And, uh, we were very excited about that. That's my namesake. And, uh, you know, it, it's the first grandchild that was, because I have only one daughter. The other grandchildren were born, uh, obviously by mothers who are my daughter-in-laws, but this was different when your own daughter has a baby, it really is different because you worry about her condition and oh, so your, your, your in-laws mm -hmm. or your, uh, your daughter, yeah, your daughter-in-laws, you were like, ah, fuck them. The no, I know. Back. I didn't say that, but it, I mean, the only thing, the only thing, the only thing, the only part my sons played into my other grandchildren was, you know, just the, uh, protein injection. Uh, but the, uh, with my daughter, it was different. Hey, can I, can I ask a question about all that? Oh boy. Yes, you can. And I'm just asking, cause I don't know. Um, when the baby was born on the 13th of May, Noah. Huh. Roll title on that. Yep. Um, 
hypothetically, was that was that baby sponsored by Blue Chew? Like when it came out, did you when Noah came out, you know, he is a boy, so he can right. wear blue. Right. I mean, did you wrap him up in like some blue chew garb? Because it does feel like blue chew is what's causing all this. Well, I did not because it was a C-section, but I always thought it would be really cute to have a baby just chomp down on blue chew and see that little uh, Vienna sausage go boing. Wait, hang on, hang on. What does a C-section have to do with? Well, I, I, then I, I wasn't there to wrap him up in anything is what I'm saying. Oh, see, I see. it was a surgery. Okay. But but when you got him, I mean, you, you when I got all kinds him, of selfies. Yeah. First thing I did was check and see. You see a Shivani or? <laughs> oh, you want to see about the low key big hog situation? Yes, I, I did that. <clears throat> but here's the deal: I, what, what, who are you? Why does your brain go there first? Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe because I didn't get much as I was young when I was younger. You didn't get much what? Sex. As a child? <laughs> no, as a teenager. Oh. What, what are we talking about right now? I'm talking about you checking out baby dicks. That's a little oh, weird. I'm talking about if you like sex, you'll like bluechew.com. <laughs> oh, well, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't like that? I mean, we know your daughter does. Chewables can work faster than pills, up to twice as fast. And the chewables from Blue Chew can be taken on a fuller, empty stomach. Ooh. It's good news for you. Online physician consult is free, so it's cheaper than those other two. Uh, it only takes a few minutes to connect with a Bluetooth.com affiliated physician, and if you qualify, you'll get prescribed online as quickly as you can say hard on. The chewables from Bluetooth.com are presented on, are prescribed online by a doctor made in the USA. That's right, Iron the Sheik, not in Iran, in the USA. Bluetooth gives you confidence in bed every time, and, and that's important confidence in bed every time confidence you have confidence in bed every time conrad yep okay it's not for you then i need it you and your partner will love it chew it and do it is like we say here's a great deal for you guys visit bluechew.com get your first order free that's f-r-e-e free when you use promo code w-h-w woody hard on woody just pay five dollar shipping that's b-o-u-e chew.com promo code w-h-w and this thing will get you going from Soft Jones to Woodrow Harrison. <laughs> and Woodrow Harrison. We're talking about Shivani level hard, right, Tony? Yes, we are. Hey, so do any of your children use Blue Chew that you know of? I mean, is that not something y'all talk about? Or Oh, no, I don't talk about that with my sons. What about, I mean, what, what, what about what, your, what about your son-in-law? Um, uh, no. No. Why not? You don't talk about somebody having sex with you. Come on. <laughs> 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 All right. What's, what's Lex Luger saying here? Uh, well, let me say this. If you think Jim Ross could have put up that finger, watch my hand go left or right here. There it goes. And I've got it cupped. You know why I got it cupped? Because I can grab. Oh, look, look how, that's how long my dick is. Right there. And then when I get blue chew, it gets that long. It's wrong right there. Right there. That's how long it normally is. Then it gets that long, that long, and then that long. So long that I've got to take this belt and put it on my shoulder. That long. That's all right. That's how long it is. And I got to face Michael PSAs. What the fuck? Who the fuck booked this shit? Is this a Dusty Rhodes booking? I don't think so. Uh, is this a George Scott booking? I guess it is. Fuck George Scott. 
Man, you hate George Scott. <laughs> no, I don't. Not at all. I got along with George fine. I just, he was way over his head, though. The booking style that he had. <laughs> My God. Look at Cassio Kid. <laughs> Captain Redneck himself, Dick Murdoch. If you think Cassio Kid's not going to be walking around Starcast looking just like that, dude, I didn't realize he is the spitting image. That. Like Captain Redneck is officially Casio Kid's gimmick. It is. <laughs> How did I not put that together? Turn around, Bob. Where's the hard camera? What the fuck? You worked in the WWE. There you go. You should know. Well, this is before WWE was WWE. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean the name. I mean the juggernaut. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, his son. Would anybody have ever predicted? I mean, Bob Orton was a star, but would anybody have ever predicted that Randy Orton would go on to be what he was? Not me. No. One of the bigger stars ever. And still a major star. All right. Take notice. You see right there. There's the hemorrhoid catcher. My God. That's and what the they're going to, what they're going to do this bull rope match. The idea is to get the other guy down, pull down his trunks scrape the hemorrhoids off of the edge of the cowbell, catch them and throw them on him. And then you win the match. Catch them. He said, catch them. That's a hemorrhoid catcher. You see, you take a, the edge of the bell, you go, <laughs> scrape right up the asshole. And then you, and then they'll the, normally, if you hold it just right, I'm told the hemorrhoids will fall into the cowbell and then you have, and you just flick it on his face and they'll be laying there with like five or six hemorrhoids, a little bit of blood, maybe, maybe some preparation H. Uh, and preparation H will help them slide down the cowbell a little bit better and then flick them on the face. And that's, that's how you win the, this cowbell match. So this is a hemorrhoid on a face stipulation. Hemorrhoid on a face match is what it's called. And, uh, only all had a couple of these, uh, throughout the years. Uh, Murdoch was involved in both of them. Uh, one against black Bart, black Bart said, no, you're not going to, uh, scrape my hemorrhoids. I'll just go ahead and gig myself like a hundred times, uh, instead. <laughs> but, uh. As you can tell, uh, the winner of this match will have to put his teeth back in his head because, uh, they obviously, uh, both have false teeth, even at this time, <laughs> Dick Murdoch, you know, Dick Murdoch realistically was one of the, and I know a lot of people didn't like him, but I liked him a lot because he made me laugh, man. He made me laugh so much. I don't know if I told the story about he and Dusty wrestling in the main event in a cage at the Omni when I was a ring announcer. And Murdoch told me, he says, I got a plane to catch. We need to get these matches over because I need to get out of here. And the matches went on and on and on. We went in the back during the, uh, uh, during the intermission as they were putting up the cage. And Murdoch says, we're going home quickly. I got a plane to catch. They went in there. Conrad, they did like five minutes in a fucking cage. It was, it was absolutely horrible. You got this build up in this cage, Murdoch against Dusty. And Murdoch did all of his three stooges spots and everything. It was funny, but it was the wrong thing to do only because he had to make the flight that night, but he made me laugh. He always did things to make me laugh in the ring. And you know what? He was a big fucking star, man. Allegedly he was, uh, a card carrying member of the KKK. Did you ever hear that? Never heard that. No, uh, -uh. I I don't know. Which one of you or which one of you is a guy? Ah, both of you. Um, I never heard that really. Yeah. I mean, that's I, common I, knowledge. That's, I don't know that or is that be. just a rumor or is that common knowledge is, I, don't I mean, 
I mean, I, I, I never met him. I, I don't know. But I, mean, I, I knew he was big into quarter horses. I knew he had a ranch or he had a farm. Uh, I knew that. I think like <laughs> Tony Atlas and um, Garvin, I think they've all said that he was. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think well, even, I think even like uh, Rocky Johnson. Wow. And Tito Santana and. I mean, I think, uh, dusty Rhodes has even sort of alluded to it, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Well, but it does feel weird. You know, if half a dozen dudes say he was in the KKK, I mean, you gotta right. at least think, okay, maybe he's not in the KKK, but he's probably, you know, a shithead. Yeah. Right. I know a lot of people who really thought he was a, a bad person. And one of them, uh, was Lord Alfred Hayes, Lord Alfred Hayes. And I, t- and I mentioned him to Lord Alfred said, Lord officer, he's a terrible human being. He's a horrible man. And he just knocked out Bob Orton, I think, with the boot. No, Bob kicks out. He said, he's a horrible man. He said, just a terrible person. And he said, and I said, and I said, Alfred, I, I like, uh, Dick. I've always gotten along with you. <laughs> I like Dick Murdoch. Capital D makes all yeah. the difference in the world. Thank you. Capital Dick. I like Dick Murdoch. And he said, he said, do you trust my judgment in people? You and I have known each other long enough. And it had been about a year. Do you trust my judgment to people? I said, yes, I do. He said, well, he's a horrible man, horrible man. Take my word for it. So that's the only bad thing I had heard about Murdoch throughout the years. Take my word for it. Woo. Yeah. But I do know, uh, and I did trust Alfred. He was a friend, a close friend. And, uh, he and I had a lot of long conversations and, uh, but I do know that Dick Murdoch and I, and I'm talking about back in the Crockett's in 1978, how big of a star he was. Here's how big a star he was. Wait a minute. He's wrapping that around. He's got his ass all up in the air. Oh, he's, oh shit. He decided to do an elbow drop. I thought he was going to go for the hemorrhoids for sure. No second elbow drop. Got him all hog tied one, two, three, and he wins it. But, uh, the, the big, the big house show that I remember more than any, look at fucking Gary Hart coming in the big house show that I remember more than any was the Greensboro Coliseum. It was Ric Flair and Blackjack Mulligan. It was the, the match, uh, that had been building for a year between these two. And they were the, uh, the triple main event. They were the second match. The final match was Dick Murdoch, who was a top baby face in the territory at that time against Harley race for the world title. That's how big a star he was. I still got a photograph that I took. I ran up to the ring, Dick Murdoch all juiced against Harley race after he lost the match. So he was a big star and now he's getting, well, I guess they're going for the hemorrhoids here. They're knocking his ass out. They're going to choke him holding the referee. My God, he needs some help. He's holding the referee. You can't do that. What the fuck? I mean, you can do a lot of shit. What do they think this is ECW now? Allegedly. Oh my gosh. She's going to do a hanging. Oh uh, yeah. Get a wide shot on that guys. Why? Well, well, maybe not Murdoch crossed his eyes. Oh yeah, that was Pat Patterson as the, there you go. Cause he's rubbing himself up against him. Oh, that's hurtful. Yeah. Hey, what do you think? How do you think it feels for Murdoch? Oh, oh, he kicked the referee in the head. There you go. Orton don't give a shit. No, no. Fuck. Not at all. Dude. This is, uh, this is weird, man. What are we watching is, right now? Uh, it is weird. 
It is absolutely weird. Jesus. Yeah, come on. What? It's gone on uh, quite a while here, don't you think? Can't. I mean, right now, in, in reality, if you're thinking wrestling is real, and many people do, he should be fucking dead, right? Well, he might be. No, nah, he, he was alive. He he went back and went back and ate some caramel corn and, and drank some uh, Sprite. Oh, wow. I think he drank Coors. I think he had a card where he could drink Coors anywhere he went. Okay. All right, here it is. Well, we're going to go to the replay once again. There you see Gary Hart pushing up against uh, Nick Patrick. Got him uh, boxed in. I mean, holding him up. I know, absolutely. And meanwhile, uh, we are all concerned that the hemorrhoids are going to be scraped right here. But apparently they decided not to do that today. Bruce, they, take your pills. They were just going, oh, yep, that's my alarm. Okay. Uh, oh, hang on. Let me make my way over here. Uh, it's not my blue chew alarm, but it's my alarm. Okay. And I'll make my way over here. And this is my alarm. I thought you were going to call this time. Uh, hold on. Tony, what's going on? What, what, uh, what um, I, it, it's, it's kind of tough. Cause I, uh, uh, I haven't taken my Celebrex. So my arthritis is up. Oh, here you go. What do you think? Michael PSA is about to say here. <laughs> uh, here's the funny word about all this. I'm going to still be in the business. I'm going to be a fucking big shot, big shot. And everybody else is going to suck it because I'm Michael PSAs and I know how to fucking brown nose. I'm the biggest brown noser ever. Do you hear me? Lance Russell? I'm the biggest brown nose ever. And here's the rib. I've got him fooled tonight so much that I'm going to become the U S heavyweight champion. Can you imagine me being a U.S. heavyweight champion? <laughs> what the, who's booking this shit? Huh? Who's booking it? The fact is going to be Vince's right-hand man. And Bruce Pritchard may come in and say, I'm going to be the right-hand man, but no, it's going to be me. I'm going to be the right-hand man. Or they're going to have me just get coffee for Bruce and Vince now and then, which is fine with me. As long as I have a job, I'll get them coffee. It doesn't matter to me. And I'll live out in the woods somewhere in Georgia, near Atlanta, where no one can find me. No one can find me, but I'll be making more money than anybody else in the business. Why? Because I'm Vince's brown nose blow boy. What is a blow boy? <laughs> Ask Michael. I don't know. Okay. So now Paul E. I'm texting him right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he won't see, you know what? You know what happens when, when you do this with my, he gets mad at me. Most people know that we're just joking around, but he gets mad at me. All right. Mad. Like you can't take a fucking joke. Michael Hayes and I were friends a long time. And now I, I rib about him on this thing and he gets mad. Fuck. Come on. Wait, does he really? Yes. When did you hear that? Well, uh, I was, uh, I was backstage at raw and, and he came walking around and he said, I hate your ass. Fuck you. And walked away. Well, that, oh. don't, don't take that personal. That's just who he is. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, boy. Let's is with the exception of the ding dongs, were the dynamic dudes, the worst gimmick for a tag team of all time. No. Okay. They weren't. No. Okay. Well, what, 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 what wins that one? Uh, the dicks, the Mexicools, the dicks. Yeah. There, there was, was actually a team called the dicks. Yeah. Look, type in your Google machine right now. WWE dicks tag team. Okay. All right. Type I'll, it I in. Would. I want you to say this. Okay. And then just click Google image. Okay. That's a techno team. 2000. 
WWE Dicks. That would be D I C K S. <laughs> well, I mean, how are you normally spelled, Dicks? If I type in Dicks, it, yeah, just hit the uh, button. Federal just government going to come in and raid my computer. Well, like you hadn't been looking up Dicks before today. Okay, the Dicks. Boring tag teams, the Dicks, YouTube. Uh, Dicks Sporting Goods. That's not right. Uh, biggest celebrity penises, list of rumored famous dicks from oh. Ranker. Okay. Chad Wicks and Tank Tolan. There you go. With, there you go. Chad Wicks was a member of the dicks. Why don't you just click images? Okay. Just look at the dicks. <laughs> see, I ain't doing that. No, okay. look at the dicks. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. They're Chippendale dancers, right? See? Got see? Yeah. All right. I knew you'd love those dicks. No, <laughs> stop. What? Would you stop? No, that's the name of the tag team, buddy. <laughs> and you know what? Fourth row down in the pictures, you know, there's a picture of who horn swoggle. That's like, it's like a little vein of sausage dick. <laughs> if he put on a little, bow tie, okay. a little top hat. Oh, oh, speaking of, uh, speaking of brown noses in the business, take a look at who's in here against, uh, fat two. Hey, uh, <laughs> I heard uh, Tony Giovanni talking shit on the podcast. Yeah. Hey Vince, they got this Japanese wrestler coming into Starcast. You want to buy up all the pictures so nobody can sign them? <laughs> oh God, why did that get me? <laughs> I'll go down there. I'll go to Las Vegas and buy them up with petty cash. Oh, why God. was that so funny? Dude, by the way, when they announced that they were showing the uh, Bret Hart Tom McGee match on uh, the network, I had a Starcast. I got the most hilarious string of text messages from you ever. Do you want to share any of that? Uh, well, <laughs> there's some I don't want to share. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was pretty pissed, and I and and I and I know you were, but you handled it much better than I did. <laughs> That would be the understatement of the year, my friend. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to read part of them. <laughs> <laughs> the other part of them will, will certainly get us. Comp- um, and we do some crazy shit on here. No, we, we'd like to keep our gigs. We like to keep our gig. So I said, Bret Hart, Tom McGee documentary. Fuck them. And then capital letters. Fuck them. And then I said, those chicken shit, no good. Want to rule the, to rule the world piece of shit. Motherfuckers. Fuck them. And I also threw in some other words there too, that I'm not going to say, um, and you went, well, all righty then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you, Tony Shivani, and I appreciate the support, but I mean, come I would, on, anybody can see this coming, right? Well, yeah, I know. I know you could see it coming, but it's like, you know. Oh, for crying out loud. I don't know if you saw, you may have missed this, but WWE's announcing that they're starting a podcast network. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Boy, that'll be good. You want to bet a dollar that they do a watch along format with, oh, uh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. You want to bet that they have, uh, adult language on it. Mm, you think they will? Yeah. Mm. You want to bet that you're going to get a call? Uh, They'll never call me. No, I bet they will. And what they'll do is they'll have you and Sam Roberts do this. What? Yeah. Like they're already <laughs> trying to get Kamala to replace me on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. 
It would just be Bruce talking and Kamala going. <laughs> Are you serious about Kamala? No, come on. I'm just fucking around. Okay, good. <laughs> but seriously, they're going to try to, they're going to try to do that. Yeah, of course. They're going to try. They're going to, they, 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 he will not rest, will not rest until he absolutely obliterates every form of competition ever. I'm not competition. I, I, I'm, you're right, but I, you, I drive you traffic to but, their stuff. Like I'm not competing. I'm on the, t- I was on the fucking network last year. Okay. Yeah, you're right. And I get it. And, and common sense would tell you that, but he doesn't think so. I don't think he does. You know what I think we should do? We should start our own fucking football league next year. How about that? No, there's no money in that. Okay. Hey, so what about if we started our own podcast network and we called it the WWP? For wrestling podcasts, but it would huh? just be WWP. WWP. Well, P rhymes with E, and just when you look at it, if you yeah. wrote All WWF right. and you just connected the tails there, WWP. Uh, so I th- think it'd be great, but I think our friend from uh, Toledo, Ohio, would be very busy. He already is. Yeah, busier than he is now. Hey, so what did you think about the Samoan SWAT team? I, I I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, I didn't. Okay. I know I did. I no, thought don't they get were me wrong. I, can, I think they're good wrestlers. I just right. don't, I've never been like, oh, I can't wait to watch this Samoan SWAT team right. match. Right. Right. Like to me. And I know, you know, here's the thing that's worth mentioning. I guess everybody in wrestling can't be your favorite. Right. So like the nasty boys have to have somebody to beat up, let them beat up the Samoan SWAT team. I get that. If you're asking me who would I rather, you know, have as a, a tag team on my, in my company, the Samoan SWAT team or the dynamic dudes, I'm going SWAT team. Her, her, interesting. Her, 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 her. Okay, back body drop. Well, Bruce, take your pills. Uh, That's me. I got to take my, got to take my blood pressure medication. You put the fucking snooze on. Yeah, I know. You set an alarm and you put snooze on because it went off nine minutes later. What are you doing? Get your shit together, sugar. All right, I'm ready. I'm. It's. I hit. Well, I. I I mean, have you ever heard landscapers in the background at my house? Have yes. you ever heard dogs chirping in the background at my house? Yes, I have. Have I ever disappeared to go put the dogs in their pen when we were tired? No, none of that's ever happened. And yet you come on here with your fucking funnel on. Eh, I'm fancy. Okay, pick up an aside. Salto. One, two. Oh, you only got a two count. What's your favorite, uh, Shane Douglas match? Uh, one that has Francine at ringside. I don't know where that, uh, which one that would be, but pick one, man, this Francine thing, this is a real deal. Like I thought this was going to be a fad, but you've been on this shit for over a year now. Well, here's the deal. Okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you as I can. I, when I first saw her and when we did an ECW show, I went, Whoa, now she is sexy. Okay. That's what I thought. And that was old creepy Tony Schiavone saying that, but then we go to WrestleCon in New York city and I get to meet her and, and she is just a, just so sweet and so nice. So now I'm a big Francine fan, not only because she looks great and still does, but because she's a, a nice lady. And, uh, when, when did I'm you- also, I'm also a big, uh, uh, Selena De La Renta fan because she's a nice lady. And, you know, there, there are some ladies in the business that I understand that we're not nice ladies, but 
that's not the case with the girls I know. So there. All righty. Um, it, it's all about it's all about personality. It is. It's all about personality. It's all about being a nice person. One of the one of the main reasons that I became enamored with Lois Shivani back in the day was boobs. Well, yeah, uh, her personality. She boobs. was funny. She was a reverend. She was a great conversationalist, and I love stuff like that. I really do. And and I tell I've told you this before, and it's true. I when I grew up, my best friend was a girl. I hung. There's Klondike Bill. Look at him over there. I see him. Klondike Bill chewing on some panties right now. <laughs> God bless him. When I grew up, um, my best friend was a, was a girl, and I hung out with girls. They were my friends. Well, I hung out with guys too, but I just I was I was friends with girls. It wasn't sexual. And I say try to say funny stuff too, but it wasn't always sexual with women. And down goes, uh, who was, it was fat too. And who was the other one? See that, see that reaction shot right there. Did yep. you see the reaction? That's the reaction shot. You should always take, get a reaction shot when they're clapping and watching the matches, not when they're mugging to the fucking camera, it's, watching it's, the match. Fatu and Samu. Fatu and Samu. Whoa. So, um, let's describe Tony Schiavone's perfect lady. <sighs> I'm going to say she's witty and funny and irreverent <laughs> with big boobs. She's a bigger gal. I can tussle with <laughs> what would your yeah. profile look like? Like, well, ba- I like baseball, old wrestling dogs have no time for politics. <laughs> I like Starbucks business practices. <laughs> I hate showering. I hate trimming my nails. I like the tussle. I like Star Wars and boobs. Is that pretty much it? Did I do it? How did I do? Batman too. And Batman. Oh my yeah. God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find me out in Vegas during Starcast, a big old gal who likes the tussle. Who's funny, but has big boobs to boot. And I'm going to put her in like a stormtrooper outfit, but a Batman headdress. Oh, and she's going to start tussling with you and see if we can get the button on a fur coat to move. Oh, that'd be kind of funny. We might do it on stage. Like I had Medusa, you know, try to give you a lap dance at the first star cast. Right. But what if here, you know, we got a real tight shot to see if we can see any movement. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, you know what you, you just kind of, uh, described was, um, and, and a girl that I absolutely, absolutely love. I, I really do. Uh, uh, there we go. And I know, look, I, I, I know you don't watch game of Thrones. No, no, I'm not going to, so let's not even talk about it. But I was just gonna tell you Gwendolyn Christie. Okay. Who plays Brianna Tarth. Are you saying English words right now? Yes. Okay. Brienne actress, Gwendolyn Christie. Just she's my girl. She's my girl. I'm looking at her. She's 40. Is she? She's six foot three. Yes. And she's the, and she's like the badass on the show. Yeah. Just absolutely love her. 
Okay, here's the cover in one, two, three from Tommy Young. And boy, did we not pay attention to this match or what? Who but fucking hey, cares? The, the dude, what? Who fucking cares? It's dynamic dudes. Nobody watched this shit to see them. Well, the dudes were dynamic and the Samoans were SWAT. SWAT. Well, that's where they are. Samoan SWAT team. The Samoans were SWAT. And there we go. So we didn't pay any attention to that. <clears throat> my, uh, my voice is kind of cracking today, so I don't know if I, well, how, many, how many more of these promos I can do, but if we got another, get out of the ring, wide shot, everybody screaming, get him out of the ring. Whoa. All Take right, ladies and gentlemen, we're sitting here with three of the world's finest professional wrestlers. Let's go first here to Mr. Luthez. Uh, Lou, welcome to wrestle war. Welcome, uh, to the NWA. Uh, I poop my pants. Uh, I've got depends on, but I'm still would get in the ring and wrestle. I wrestled at age 70 right now. I'm age 75. And I think if Dick Murdoch can get into the ring, I can get into the ring, but I've still pooped my pants. And I just want to let you know that. I feel good about saying that because people should admit when they do something wrong. Well, that's exactly right. And you know, as the leader of the long ears club, I want to thank you for joining the club, Lou. I know you're a member of the cauliflower alley club, but oh, here's another one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, they named a, a tournament after me. Uh, I'm here because of Jim Hurd, Uh, and of course, uh, Jim Hurd, as we know, is going to run the fucking business in the ground. The business is, uh, uh, what's my name again? Uh, okay. All right. Okay. I forgot my name. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. You're, you're Brian Russell here. Oh yeah. I, we're here with, uh, Terry <laughs> Funk and Terry, you're, you're not coming to Starcast Now you, you just went through a, a great loss in your personal life, but I know you've got some words about the main event tonight. I don't know what I'm doing standing beside these goddamn old men. I can still wrestle. As a matter of fact, I'm going to wrestle as long as God is willing. These two old fuckers, you put me here, you make me think I'm just like them. Well, we are going to be the judges for the night's match and fuck Ric Flair. We got an angle coming. Well, that's exactly right, Terry. Thanks for giving away a spoiler here on the show, but. I think most people tune me out because they just think I'm going to give the highs and lows and talk about the barometric pressure. And that's a lot of pressure here in the NWA. All right. Uh, man must be a big match coming up. Cause look at them lights. Look at them. Oh, look at them lights. Getting them man. Phew. Spent a lot of money on them lights. What they did WCW back in the day, spent a lot of money on lights. Didn't they? Now the lights are real bright. Real bright. We should have some edibles doing this show. Real bright lights. Oh, look at them colored lights. Real colored lights. And look hey, at that smoke. Hey, Light you can't say back. colored in 2019. You need to oh, change that up. I'm sorry. Uh, lights of many different colors. How does that sound? And there so, he is. Here we go. <laughs> Speaking of they colors. They put Hero Matsuda with Michael Hayes. Yes, they did. What the flying fuck? <laughs> He's tiptoeing out, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He is prancing to the ring and I can't believe this is real. And if you would have asked me a few years ago, before we started doing these podcasts, I I have completely blocked this out of my memory. Michael PS Hayes is about to win the United States title. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> How the fuck is that even possible? I don't know. Well, if he walks out with Hero Matsuda, I guess anything is possible. You can. Uh, is he going to gyrate? Please don't gyrate. Oh, God. Don't gyrate. Come on, Michael. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just jump down. Just jump down, Michael. Oh, God. There you go. Take another shot. Very good. Here's the deal. Uh, oh, they got no, a shot. Don't gyrate. Don't gyrate. Oh, don't gyrate. No. Don't. Ah! Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Hero Matsuda. Oh, don't do that. Hero Matsuda in the ring saying, Oh, they bring me from Japan to be with this motherfucker. Seriously, what, why would you fly Matsuda over for this? I don't know. Who's, who's, uh, they, who's doing the budgeting for this fucking thing? Well, they're trying, they're trying to build relationships with Japanese wrestling, with, uh, I guess, New Japan Pro Wrestling back then. Uh, build that relationship. I guess that's how you build a relationship. I don't know. Sometimes money talks, you know, that's a good way to build a relationship. What the fuck? What the fuck is this with Lex Luger? Fuck is Gladys Knight in the pips. Dude, that belt with Lex Luger looked awesome. Yeah, it did. But why did those guys come running out with him? Ah. All right. We are in the midst of history here, Conrad. You ready? Are we? Yeah. Michael Hayes is going to become us champ. This has got to be one of the worst shits ever, right? <laughs> I know. Oh man. And we're taping this in the morning and we ain't even drinking yet, but we should be. Oh, we can fix that. A little screwdriver <laughs> action. <laughs> yeah. How about a, uh, how about a Moscow mule? I'm so tired of you talking about Moscow mules. <laughs> God well, damn it. You know what I asked Lois? I asked Lois the other day on the phone. I said, "You going to the store?" She went, "Yeah." I said, "Get some vodka and get some ginger beer." You know what she said? I'm tired of you talking about them Moscow mules. What she said? I mean, I am. What the fuck? Okay, how about a mojito? How about that? How about you take a poop with your pants on? <laughs> um, look at Michael Hayes taking off that. Yeah, they want a picture. She got up. She got up to take a picture. And, nah, I'm gonna sit down. I'm not gonna take a picture of that. What do you think of this? A lot of wide shots here, don't you think? There are. I was just thinking that, like, like a, a crazy high number of them. Yeah. It's like anytime they're not sure what to do, just go wide. <laughs> That's right. You know what? Somebody should have told you that. Like a lot. Like back in this era. Like, they're, well, see, I, here's what I mean. They're pulling out too often. You didn't pull out often enough. No, I was saying that when they say go wide, I went wide many, many times. As a matter of fact, I'll probably end up going wide again. I've lost, lost all this weight, but what, see, there's a good reaction shot. I like that. Hmm. So they're both blonde. They're both wearing blue. You're so observant. Well, you know, here's the deal. I mean, we used... This is something that Jr. used to gripe about all the time. He said, "Need to wear different colored tights. Don't do, doesn't anybody bring more than one pair of tights to a show? I don't care if you're Lex Luger, if you're Ric Flair. You need to have different colored tights." He used to he used to hammer that all the time, among other things. And he made a makes a damn good Moscow Mule, and over God. the top and go crossbody one two. Oh fuck. Luger's, Luger's, what about what's going through Luger's mind right now? I'm going to do the job to this fucker. 
Uh, like, what the hell? I'm getting paid. How paid you, more than anybody. How would you I might describe as well. the uh, the fringe gimmicks on Michael Hayes. What? <laughs> yeah, those are cool, aren't they? No. Okay. You think that's cool? Well, it's unique. He, I mean, he's obviously colorblind when he's got the same color as Lex Luger. So he, wait a second. They're orange and blue. You know what that means? As a Gator fan. You motherfucker. Could be Fuck. an Auburn. Could be an Auburn fan. Yeah. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. Was that an attempt at a Russian leg sweep or they just kind of fall over on their back? Yikes. Midsection abounds. What's your favorite Lex Luger match? It ain't this one. That's my go-to uh, aunt question. Whenever somebody tells me that that was their mm-hmm. favorite wrestler. What's your favorite Lex Luger match? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if he had a, I, I, I kind of liked and remember of all the matches that he had. I remember the obviously one where he bled and they stopped the match in Baltimore. JR remembers that too, because the fans were going to kick our ass that night. Uh, that was number one. And I also remember from Starcade 90, I think when he had that, uh, bull rope match, which is now known as the hemorrhoid catcher match with Stan, Larry and Hanson, when Stan just beat the fuck out of him. Uh, and Jr. said he was screaming when Stan hitting with that bull rope. Let me tell you what, uh, Meltzer said about this. He said, uh, Nashville this past weekend was the latest battleground for wrestle war 89. The NWA ran its pay-per-view show from the municipal auditorium on Sunday afternoon while the WWF countered by running a show the night before in the same building, the NWA then countered by running a free autograph session and t-shirt giveaway promotion at a local mall. And the WWF then countered by bolstering its lineup with wrestlers coming in on the swing from Washington, DC with main matches. On the other major show occurring that night by chartering a plane from Indianapolis and flying in the top two matches from that show. As I write this, I've yet to see the pay-per-view, but I've heard enough comments from enough readers to know it was one of the best, if not the best pay-per-view in the short history of wrestling's involvement in the industry. How about that? He said, it's the best wrestling pay-per-view ever up to this point. Well, there hadn't been many really had there. TBS had managed to clear 11.6 million potential homes for the show, which I believe is a record number of homes cleared for a pro wrestling pay-per-view show. WrestleMania five cleared 10.7. Although early reports indicate about a 1% buy rate, which at best would still be marginally profitable. Still that was expected for the reasons we've repeated many times over the last few weeks. The live crowd was 5,200 with many of the seats blocked off because of the Oak Ridge boys concert. They were looking at around a 7,000 capacity. I'd guess the gate was around 37,000, which is hardly impressive. Although the early word is the 900 number grossed an estimated $129,000. The WWF the night before drew 7,950 fans, 76 grand. And the uh, seats were blocked off by the concert. And he would estimate the capacity would have been around 8,500. They said the uh, head-to-head promotion that NWA did at the local mall drew several thousand people and was supposed to be the most successful promotion of its kind ever at the Hickory Hollow Mall in Memphis. How about that? Hmm. 
Hickory Hollow Mall's in Nashville. Yeah. Did he write Memphis? Yeah, it was a typo. Yeah. That first match, though, the uh, great Muta, he gave two stars. Uh huh. Butchery and Ranger Ross, he gave a quarter star. Yeah. He gave a uh, half a star to the Bob Orton match. Right. And he says there wasn't even any heat when they were hanging Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, the dynamic dudes match. He gave two and three quarter stars. And, hmm. uh, he says the best line is when they were torturing ACE and Paulie grabbed the house mic and said that ACE was as useless as a woman from Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> and then they did the Oak Ridge boys and they played for 24 and a half minutes on the pay-per-view. So right in the middle of the pay-per-view, and we've been saved from that on our network feed. All right. 24 and a half minutes. He says they're from Nashville and weren't booed, but they weren't met with any kind of enthusiasm either. It was a polite response and that's about it. Uh, and he got reports that the lobby was packed during the concert. I wonder why the running time of this uh, video on the network was like two and a half hours when normally it's like two forty-five. Ta-da! There you go. Yeah. There you go. This match we're watching now, believe it or not, is going to go sixteen minutes. That's real. <laughs> oh God. Uh, and Meltzer would say this match had the most babyface heel heat of any match on either show during the weekend. They mainly milked the heat early and the highlight was Luger missing a cross body block and sailing over the top rope. <laughs> he says that, uh, the worst ref bump in history where Nick Patrick wasn't even touched in a sloppy looking collision. So stay tuned for that. All right. Three, so how many three stars, stars did you give this? Three stars though. I mean, it was higher than anything else on the show so far uh-huh. until we get to the main event, but. Well, I mean, I guess it's not really the main event, but it is the main event. Right. It's the main event. And, and, and that, uh, you know, I was looking up, uh, on different websites about this match. Flair and steamboat wasn't the final match on this card. No, was, no. Wh- why was that? I don't know. Why, how would I know? I mean, I mean, for God's sakes, why are you cussing me? What did I do? No, I'm not cussing you. If I cuss you, I would start up with, Hey motherfucker. And then, then, you know, I'd be cussing you. You're getting hot. You're about three quarters hot and I didn't do nothing. I'm not, I'm not even a third hot, by the way, the main event, the real main event, mm-hmm. Flair steamboat Meltzer would say five stars. Doesn't do this entire scenario. Justice. The match itself was a better match live than in Chicago. And most that I've talked with who saw the pay-per-view felt it was the best of their three national matches. Although some still opted for new Orleans as being the best Flair will be injured and out of action until June 14th. At the TBS Clash of the Champions. Uh, and I know we're we're not at the match yet, but let me say this: I I didn't like the the Raging Cajun match. I, you know, when we years before we, we did a podcast, that was my favorite one. I liked uh-huh. that they tried to go more realistic, and they had tried to do more mat work, and they tried to do uh, more holds. I thought that was fun. And I really liked the dynamic of it being, uh, you know, multiple falls. Right. And I liked the chicken wing submission. I just think there was a lot of fun stuff in that one. Now, as time's going on, I think eventually I decided the Nashville one was my favorite. And I think it's Jim Cornette's favorite, but when I watch, (laughs) (laughs) how great is that? Down (laughs) goes Luger. Yeah. Anyway, the reason I like it is because the building. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just an empty superdome, and they spelled Ric Flair's name R I C K. I just, that just sticks with me. 
So, and I, so I, and I know, I understand. I'm not talking about what happened in the ring, but I'm just talking about the entire night. All right. So Luger has missed already and we're getting ready. I guess, I hope soon this match will end and we'll see a ref bump. Boy, Michael Hayes can strut. Can he? That's his, that's his move, man. Man, he's strutting around. You know, we give Michael Hayes a lot of shit and we should. Well, yeah, I was going to say, why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we? But giving credit for this, he's still very, very involved and a major part of the business. He really is. I always thought Mike, Michael had was, was very, very creative. I really did back when, you know, during this era. And so he's, he's taking his creativity and he's, he's put it to good use. Yes, he has. Uh, somebody needs to dress him now, but. Well, I mean, looking at him here, maybe somebody needed to dress him back then too. Well, there's his left hand. Luger sold it. Bulldog it. Man, Michael Hayes doing a bulldog is just the worst. And Luger kicked out. Try it again. There you go. There you go. I like that. Now I like that. Hook that leg again. Damn it. That's pretty cool. I like things that I like things you don't see that much of that you should if they're really trying to win a match. Like you got a two count hook the leg. Fuck, I'll just try it again. I like that. So there. Good psychology at that time, Michael. When's the last time you talked with him besides sending him the text? To- about a week ago. About a week ago. Are you allowed to say that you talked to him? Yeah, he's not booked for Starcast, so they don't no, have to. No, he's not booked for Starcast, but I don't want to get him in trouble. You know. They may put a kibosh on that. Uh, <clears throat> you know, my, you know, my sister-in-law's like top dog over there. You know, my co-host is Vince McMahon's right hand man. Uh, yeah, I know that. I know that, but we'll see. Pick up time. will tell time. will tell. Oh! <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, my damn pal, you need to leave that motherfucker alone. Let's have fun with this. Let's call it Michael Hayes trying to hold him down and might try to slip a thumb in his butt. What do you think Lex Luger's strategy is going to be here? Tony pull the thumb out of the butt, stick it in Michael Hayes' mouth. Oh, he's showing the crowd his junk here. Tony, why is he doing that? He Uh, thinks people are supposed to be impressed with three inches. No, really? Realistically, some people uh, his junk because he's blowed up and he won't take a breath. Speaking of blowed up, so was the travel budget here. Hero Matsuda flown all the way over to walk around and give the okay sign. Do you think someone in travel was getting a commission? Well, if so, they should have used Scott travel because that's what we use at Starcast. Lex Luger. I don't think knows how to sell a sleeper hold. Let's see. He's going to let the arm drop. This is one of my old classic moves here. I really like the, uh, 
It drops twice, but we stop it on the third one. Oh no. He's lugering up. He's testosterone and up. He's lizzing up. (laughs) Did you say lizzing up? Yeah. Okay. He's doing this one for Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, one punch, two punch. Don't break loose on the third one. He didn't. Thank goodness. Uh, oh, too much power there, Conrad. No, too much. Those big guns just blocking him. Michael Hayes back and forth. Like he's headbanging to bad street USA. Oh, he caught him with an elbow. The further down the block, you got the harder, the cock. And here we go. Bulldog. <laughs> yes. Why was that so funny? <laughs> Flying through the air in a big ass bump. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Luger's going to win. Luger's going to win. Come on now, Lex. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Beal him out of there or hip toss or whatever you want to call it. And there's a. One, that's a, oh, he only, fuck, he kicked out in one. Kicked out in, what the fuck? Michael Hayes said, bullshit, there's two count stuff. Gorilla press slam. Where are the hard cameras, you dumbass? There you go, they're this side. Yay, we like Lex. Uh, you know, that lady, she has a hard life. Her husband tucks his t-shirts. Mm. Hard camera, dumbass. Hard camera. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, he should know that he's wearing blue. I mean, blue should know everything about being hard. Well, yeah, because blue gorilla press. Gorilla press blue chew. Thank God. I was making sure that he, I said, choose. He threw it down and, oh, what's he doing? That's Arn Anderson's gimmick. The cut across the throat there. Luger just right now, completely lost. T's in the rack and nope. DDT out of nowhere. This could be it. Tony, if Michael Hayes can roll over and hook the leg, this could be it. Mm. Oh, Michael's had too much drink. He's asleep on his side. What is going on with Lex Luger? He doesn't know how to sell shit. He's just Mm. laying on the ground kicking. That's not how you sell DDT. Is it? No. Can I quote Jim Ross? Yes. Said it during the meeting one time. And, uh, oh, there's that ref bump. Oh my God. There's that. It was a glancing blow. If you glance somewhere else, you missed it. Was that Terry Gordy? Yes. Terry Gordy. <laughs> he keeps putting his foot on the rope and Gordy keeps pushing <laughs> yeah. it off. That's awesome. Uh, what a shit finish. Oh God. How did he give this three stars? I. The worst. Yeah, it was terrible. So we were in a meeting one time and we were talking about Luger and, and Jr. would get so mad about Luger. And he said that motherfucker couldn't sell pussy on a troop train. Oh, and I just fucking lost it. I mean, I just fu- almost fell on my chair laughing. Couldn't sell a pussy on a troop train. <laughs> if you think I'm not mentioning that to him soon, you're wrong. Yeah, yeah you need to because it's great. Oh. Uh, Oh my God. They showed the replay. (laughs) Jesus. And they showed the angle that made sure that you knew it was fucked. Not another angle that maybe covered it up, 
<laughs> you think Gordy ever had to push Hayes like back at the Ramada Inn? Like he'd get behind and he, come on, Michael, Michael, I'm gonna push you in there. Look at that! I'm a, get that fucking foot over there, you dumbass! I'm gonna put it on again. Fucking Luger didn't want to lose, did he? No. Oh my god. All right. All right. Now we're here with a man called Sting, and this is before you've got real money to get cool jackets. That's right, Lance Russell. Let me say this. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because I'm going to wrestle the Iron Sheik, one of the one of the legends in wrestling. His legend, though, is not in the ring, although many think it could have been because at one time he was a WWF champion. His real legend is backstage, one of the funniest motherfuckers in the world. And not only that, we're going to flash forward 30 years. He's going to be a Twitter legend as well. I got to go. <laughs> Sting is the TV title as the TV champion. Uh, I just never got it. Like, I don't see him. Oh, I love this. All the little kids running out, all the little stingers. This is fun. Now the last guy, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. He was a high school senior. He's chasing the kids out of the, out of the back area. Give uh, some I always think about Sting as being a U.S. champion or the world champion, but a TV champion. Well, you got to kind of progress, you know? No, I get it, but it just, I, I just don't remember this run as much as the other two. Like I associate him in my mind's eye with the U.S. title and the world title. Right. And here he is. He's going to be taking on the Iron Sheik, the former WWF world champion, the man Hulk Hogan beat to become champion five years prior to this. And here we are. Gotta get two minutes out of this. Mm. Who is in there with him? With the Iron Sheik. That's I don't know who that is. Do you know? Sheik. I love Gary Michael Capetta's introductions. <laughs> Former well, world. Gary's champion. done a good job throughout his and career. Ladies and gentlemen, his up. Get that face painted fucker out of my way. So I waved this flag. You're not going to bomb my country, motherfucker. I was in charge of the Shah of Iran at one time. I was his personal, well, I got him coffee. So how long is this match going to go? Two minutes. Two minutes. All right. Two minutes. Oh, boy. What a legend, huh? Really? Sheik is a motherfucking legend. What's that kid got under his... I thought, oh, oh, I hit you with flag. I hit you with flag again. And I choke you with flag. And I'll hit the ref. No, I'll just throw, I'll throw it out to the other guy. I won't even get my shit off. I don't want everybody to see my belly. Oh, I'll choke you. Choke you, sting motherfucker. Fuck you, fuck you, S.A. Fuck it, choke. Choke, choke. Choke, choke, choke. Choke. Oh, head first. I'm not even taking off rope. Oh, choke you again. Oh, in face. I hit you. Look at me. Oh, you ought to see what I can do with the clubs. I'm oh, big, strong man. Fuck you. Fuck you. And, uh, look at the black fucking rat tail. This thing has <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. I have blocked this out. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that looks like your underwear white in the front. Dark in the back. Well, so you'll be my age one day. Hey, uh, have okay. you heard the story that 
I can't believe this is real, but the way the iron Sheik used to pronounce his opponent's name here. No. <laughs> so back in the day he rode with Sid and, um, Dutch Mantel here in WCW. What a crew. <laughs> and I think it was Dutch who told me that he would be complaining about having to work with, well, this opponent that he's wrestling now. Right. But whenever he would say his name, he would say stink. <laughs> I don't like working with the stink. I have another match with stink tonight. Now here's the thing. He's not saying it to be funny. That's, That's how just he the way things. he pronounced Sting. And the idea that someone pronounced Sting as Stink <laughs> is fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> oh, I hate working with the Stink and the, the Stinger Splasher and oh. uh, the Scorpion. De- That's the fucking Sharpshooter. <laughs> Why does he call it the Scorpion the Deathlock? It's just the Sharpshooter. I hate the Stink. <laughs> I'm not tapping out to this bullshit. Okay, I will do it. I I need my medicine, Bubba. Uh, take, take me to get crack and whore. <laughs> uh, you ever heard the story about him uh, uh, and the cops? Yes. <laughs> I guess the cops pulled him over and he asked, you have uh, confiscated any sample you can give Iron Sheik? <laughs> Is that not great or what? My my favorite is when the story of Vince McMahon telling him he failed the drug test. Oh, okay. I haven't heard this one. <laughs> He's like, uh, Sheik, we've got some bad news. <laughs> okay, Bubba, what is it? And he's like, your, your drug test came back positive. And he's like, ah, number one, I knew it. I told you, Vinny. I told you. Number one, I am positive. Yes. <laughs> He's like, no, that's bad. No, positive is good. I am good. I'm positive. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with the world champion, Ricky, the dragon steamboat. And we don't even have a nameplate for this belt for you yet, Rick. Well, that's okay. Uh, Lance Russell, because I'm not going to hang on to it much longer tonight. Uh, I've got a 33 minute match coming up. Uh, normally I wear white. Uh, I was going to leave the house tonight with my white stuff on, but uh, Bonnie said, no wear red. And I told Bonnie, uh, I'm going to wear what I want to. And Bonnie said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. And as you can see, who won the argument here? Uh, the fact is I don't have little Ricky with me in my arms here right now. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to juice. I've stopped juicing. I've refused to juice anymore because of the, the age scare, uh, and flair wants to juice. That's fine, but he's not going to juice on me. I've been in many, many matches with Ric Flair. I've with Ric Flair when he shit his pants before. And I was with Ric Flair back in the 70s when he let me become the world television champion. But tonight, Ric Flair is going to be the third and final match in our trilogy. Well, we we sure hope so, because you're you're not a strong promo. We hope that your match is better than your promo. Back to you, Gary. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this match is for the... W N W. What is it called now? Hey, let me just, let me do the real introductions here. Okay. Go ahead. Hello. They're playing Tony. I just need you to shut the fuck up. Dragon. And who else but the nature boy would come to the ring with 40 
ladies lining the aisle. He's got six lead ladies there, 40 lining the aisles. I tell you, the lifestyle of this man never ceases to amaze. The one and the only, there's never been another one like him, and I don't suspect they ever will be. Five times the world heavyweight champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Boy, he knows how to pick them, doesn't he, Jim? I, I have, yeah, yeah, most indeed. Man, I lost my train of thought there for a minute, Bob. <laughs> Dude, Jim Ross talking about how or Bob Cottle saying he knows how to pick them and Jr. losing his train of thought, 40 chicks in the aisle, six lead ladies. So there's 46 women here, an entire modeling agency dressed alike to be with the nature boy. And you can tell bras were optional at this show. Oh man. How many of them you think he really fucked that night? None. I bet his wife was there. Let's see if we got Ricky steamboats entrance here. I'll be joining Lance. Nope. We're talking about the hotline and they, they raked in more on the hotline than they did on the gate by a multiple of four process that it's insanity. Wow. Really? Yeah. Here's the entrance for uh, Ricky, the dragon steamboat, some interesting music and this kid on a fucking horse. Talk about oh God, dude. Listen, I, I, I like the idea of, of somebody Riding a horse to the ring. I think that's cool, but they've got a pony here with their son and Annie Oakley. And of course, Bonnie is dressed in an evening gown. What, what is this? We're killing off steamboat uh, steamboat's not cool anymore. No, you're right. You know, this family man shit, this is cool in real life. And if y'all were going down to Olin mills. You're going to go swing by portrait innovations. You know, you're going to go get some glamor shots. I'm for it. Yeah. Let's put the kid on a fucking horse and let's put him on a camel after that. And then we can put him on a Ferris wheel. I mean, all that makes sense, but dude, Bonnie fucked him here. I bet she did. You know uh, what I mean? Come on. I know. No, I know what you mean. They, the want was first of all what Bonnie wanted, they did. Uh, that was number one, but the want was to show the difference between a yes. really family, family man, man yeah. and a whore. Right. Well, so you're calling, call my father-in-law a whore. Well, I mean, if he comes out with 46 women, what do you think? No, it was an entrance. Oh, okay. Well, this is an entrance too. How about the uh, world title there? Tommy young is your referee. Yeah. Man, Tommy young holding the big gold belt. Just. That just goes together like peas and carrots, doesn't it? Yeah. Can't get a close up of it though. Can we? And here you go. Here are your judges. Of course, there's been a little controversy in that second match. So these are our dignitaries. They're going to be introduced to the live crowd here. Of course, Pat O'Connor, Luthez, and Terry Funk. And you had a lot of fun making fun of Lou a little earlier, but some of our younger listeners may not know, you know, the, um, the reputation of Luthez and just the way he carried in the professional wrestling business. Well, and, and the truism, truism is that he didn't, he wrestle into his seventies in Japan. Yeah. He wrestled when he was old. What does that matter? Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just telling you how great a shape he was. Right. And, and I mean, good God, wrestling into your seventies. And he, when they, when they, when they think about great world champions, Luthez is one of the people you think about. 
don't you? Sure. I mean, Flair, especially Fed. when you consider, and I'm not saying this to be funny, but when you consider how long he was champion, you know, he, right. he was the NWA world champion at a time when, you know, the, the NWA was at their height and, right. you know, he first won the belt. And this seems crazy in 1955, really process that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could process. I wasn't even born yet. It's it's unbelievable, you know, his, his run. And he had from 63, when he won it in 63, he was the champ for like, I don't know, more than a thousand days. I mean, that's insane by today's standards. Well, just think about what, and to be honest with you, I don't know what it was back then in the early sixties, but just think about what it was compared to what it is today and how it was much more of a sport and less of a show. And your world champion had to be this really great wrestler performer that could give you a great match in the ring and could make it look real. And Luthez was that guy. Oh, I guess I should correct myself. He first had a world title run in 1949. Holy shit. <laughs> Unbelievable. When you really think about it, I mean, if you're, if you're a young wrestling fan and you're not really super familiar uh, with Luthas, go check him out three times NWA world champion, total champion. I mean, uh, the total time with the titles, 10 years, three months, nine days. So 3,749 days longer than anyone else in history. And most everyone would agree one of the greats of all time. And here we go two of the greats of this modern era in 1989. They're innovating a lot of things. I think most people would agree. These are the two best wrestlers in the world in 1989. Yep. They really are. And uh, they're going to pace themselves to about 30 minutes here, which obviously these two could have gone much longer. I've, I've seen them go 90 minutes. As a matter of fact, in a house show, 90 minutes, the deep arm drags and, uh, Flair recently was talking to me about these uh, matches. Oh, and these slaps are real son. live yep. rounds. Uh, but Flair said that, you know, he wanted to switch something up for this third one. You know, he felt like they had done everything. And, uh, even Meltzer would comment that you got a lot of new stuff in here, not the same old Flair repertoire. Uh, so one of the things he's doing here is he's taking a lot of Ricky, Ricky, the dragon steamboat aren't deep arm drags, which he's most famous for. That's one of his more famous iconic signature moves, but Flair hated taking them, but he agreed to do it here. Cause he knew they needed to do something different. going to back him into the corner here. And the physicality in this match is off the charts. Meltzer's even going to say, um, for the 17 minute, the first 17 minutes was spent doing an occasional awesome spot intersped with steamboat doing arm drags and working the left arm. The work was super, super stiff to the point. It was mind boggling from the 17 minute mark on. It was the best match I've ever seen live in this country. How about that? Wow. Holy shit. They are fucking going at it, man. Oh, these chops. I think I'm going to play some audio from these chops. Here we go. Steve 
man, Jim Ross in this era, like he, he's the soundtrack of the NWA. No question. Wow. You're seeing, um, history made here. And what's cool is, you know, you've got this great feud that really, and we're still talking about it all this time later. We should mention the first match is in February. The second match is at the beginning of April. The third match is May 7th. So three months, the thing's over. But it has stood the test of time, right? No, I'm not arguing that, but I'm yeah. saying, you know, this is what the wrestling world's talking about. Right. And we're still talking about it all this time later, but it's all in a three month span and they're going to seamlessly transition from Flair's issue as world champion with Ricky steamboat to a new opponent. And I guess we should mention too, that I know you were saying, well, we're trying to compare and contrast, you know, the carouser, the womanizer, the playboy against the family man. And we're trying to position the family man as the baby face. But at this point, because of his work and because, well, it's just cool. There's a lot of family men at home who are like, yeah, I love my wife and I love my kids, but man, I could get down with 46 chicks now. Right. Uh, and you see the fans reacting to flair as cheering him on here. Yes, they the- do. And so that's my point is because of his work and because they do like some of the character, even though that wasn't the original intent, flair becomes a bit of a baby face. And as a result, they can transition to him and funk and make funk the heel. So it's just fascinating to me that, you know, even though steamboat is just as talented as Ric Flair in the ring, because of the way his character has been positioned, Flair's going to move on to something else. And it's sort of all downhill for Ricky steamboat from here on out. Three, two, you're right. Conrad. Thank you. Just, what are you doing? You all right? I, no, I'm actually, I'm just watching how, how steamboat can just work on the arm and make it look so real. Just flares reaction. Just l- let me tell my story here before this match gets, you know, it, after the 17 minute mark, good God, great shoulder block take. There's that deep arm drag again, uh, flare and, and steamboat. I may have told this story. If I have, sorry, I'm going to tell it again. Steamboat and Flair had one of their big angles at the studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. And the deal was Flair was taking Steamboat's face and rubbing it across the floor of the studio. And if you know the studio floors, they are rigid so the cameras can glide along it. it they're, they're just rigid at, at parts. Uh, they're smooth at parts, but they're rigid at parts. So they, they, they do the angle where they rub his face. So to make it look real, they go to a hardware store. Ricky's telling me the story. They take sandpaper and they sand off his eyebrow and they sand his face till it's bloody on one side of his face. All right. And if that's not enough, Harley races in the studio that day. And Harley says, we need to make this look real kid. He grabs steamboat by the hair and takes his hand and hits him as hard as he can in his eye. Dory's eye swells up. Uh, that <laughs> when I heard that story, I went, holy fuck. And that's what they did to make that injury look real. Can you imagine that? Yes. Your your face sandpapered, getting your eyebrow sandpapered off and then have Harley race point blank crack in the, in the fucking skull. Well, what they did is they took the 
the sides of the sandpaper, like the tips, the edges, and they cut him with it. And then they scuffed the actual sandpaper, like the surface. So being cut with it, then being scraped with it. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And it's something that you'd never see kids do in wrestling. Now they wouldn't be asked to do it now because of what wrestling has become. But I just thought that was just a, wow. We had a steamboat on with us when we had our wrestling show on 92, nine, the game in Atlanta. And he told me this story. He told us this story. He had some great stories. Steamboat did. What a performer, man. And, uh, you know, we mentioned, you know, it was all sort of all downhill for Ricky Steamboat after this. Yeah. Um, he's the number one contender for the world title. And that's going to irk Lex Luger. And they're going to have a dispute that's going to lead to a match. Now, remember, this is May 7th. On June 14th, there'll be a clash of the champions. And Luger's going to turn heel. And he's going to stand over a fallen steamboat and arrogantly say, uh, there lays your number one contender. And so steamboat demands a no DQ match against Luger at the great American bash for the title. But just before the bell Luger demanded the clause be dropped or there would not be a match. Steamboat loses the match by DQ after hitting Luger with a chair. And then there's a contract dispute and he's gone. That's his last major match in the company. So whereas. He's the world champion coming into this match. He's really the main event. He is putting on some of the best matches of the year, three months in a row. Flair's going to move on and, and be main eventing against Terry Funk. They'll transition steamboat with Luger. And just over a month later, things start to wind down. They paired him with the wrong guy. I mean, you can't, you can't go from flair to Luger. You just can't. I, I, and I know Luger was a big star, but I'm talking about giving you great matches. You just can't do that. But who do you pair him with? I mean, who's next in line sting babyface versus babyface. I don't I mean, give me somebody on, on this roster that steamboat could have worked with. I don't I mean, know well, who would you have done. I mean, what would you have I, him with? I, I think we're saying the same thing. Who would you have done it with you? There's nobody. So Steamboat was kind of caught in, uh, in no man's land there, but there was no one else to work with. Maybe he and Terry Funk could have had a good match. I don't know, but he ended up coming back to us. Yeah, he did. I guess we should mention he had foot surgery, uh, and then he, uh, popped up for some North Carolina Indies in the early part of 90, uh, in the fall of 90, he popped up in new Japan pro wrestling. And sometime in 91, he came back to the WWF and this time they made him a fire breathing dragon. Right. Uh, and that didn't last too terribly long. And then he, uh, popped up at the end of 91 on a clash of the champions. So his run in the WWF was short too. It felt like, you know, he couldn't really make long-term commitments to being anywhere in this era. And a lot of people right or wrong sort of point the finger at Bonnie on all that. Yeah. And that's why I've always, you know, talk about that. We joke about it. I don't know if it was true, but we all heard it that, you know, she, she controlled things and, uh, for right or wrong, I guess wrong. And we all kind of laughed about it.
And of course, one would think the marriage would have lasted, but it didn't. Do you know when they got a divorce? Uh, I can look that up. Yeah. I don't know uh, off the top of my head, but. She was a good looking woman, buddy. Wow. How about that drop kick that sent Flair on the outside? What a hell of a bump that was for Rick. Uh, they married in 85. They divorced in 03. That was his third wife. He was married to Maureen Powers from 77 to 80. Deborah Blood uh, from 81 to 85. And then Bonnie Hastings from 85 to 03. Wow. Another deep arm drag. Look good, don't they? Dude, he's, you know, it's his move. He owns yeah. it. Just here's the thing. And this is not a slight on. Well, I guess it is a slight on anybody working today. You just, you don't see this anymore. You don't see this anymore. You know why they don't ask you to do this anymore. Flair can take that shoulder block. How about that? See the fans cheering Flair on there. Yes, they are. They're behind him. Yep. And they're behind him against a guy they have no reason to hate. Ricky Steamboat was always there's a oh, great. Ricky Steamboat was always the baby face. There was no reason to hate him. Unless you were one of those people that hated baby faces because you thought heels were cool. And there were a lot of people out there like that. As the time wore on, they became more and more. I mean, in 85, 86, they loved the rock and roll express as time wore on. Some of the guys started to boo them because, well, they weren't cool. Tommy young doing a great, look at that. Tommy, Tommy young reacting. To that shoulder block by Flair. Oh my gosh. Where's that camera shot? I have no idea. Let's listen to these chops here. And Bob, just as you said, Pat O'Connor, Luthez, and Terry Funk. Well, I thought he was going to do some more chops, but doesn't like that's happening right now. Well, here we go. Very slow. I thought, what are these random shots of the announcers? I don't know. Jim doesn't know either. <laughs> I don't know if Keith Mitchell was director, but if he was, we'll have to ask him when we see. Oh, here we go. Let's see if we get some audio of these. Oh, Flair, perhaps changing the tide, changing ooh, the momentum. It's, this man, excuse me, Jim, but this man has been in so many great matches. He's got to know. He's got to believe that the tide is so far favoring Steamboat and that he's got to turn it loose. Steamboat fighting back, though. The champion of the world showing what he's made of. Let me just tell you that one of the interesting things about wrestling to me is Flair is a master at throwing a punch and not touching you. Yeah. Like he perfected it. He's told this story before he would tie a piece of string, like a lampshade. And he would just practice punching it in his hotel room when he was a young wrestler and he would keep punching it until it didn't move. And he still got it down 70 something years old. Like, you know, he, it, whenever he like 
fake punches me, I, I feel his fist touch my beard, but like not no skin at all, but I can feel like something move past my beard. He still got it. Perfect. I'm saying all that to say though, it's fascinating to me that I'm going to almost, I'm going to be a master at almost touching your face, but then I'm going to move down six inches and I'm going to hit it as hard as I fucking can. <laughs> I'm going to hit it as hard as I fucking can. And only in wrestling is it like, okay, now this, we got to get real close, as close as you can, you know, by the hair of your chinny, chin, chin, literally. Uh, but then six inches below, man, just beat it up. Hit it as hard as you can. Wide open, full steam. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. Tommy Young did a great job there. Over the top, he said, match continues. And... This was not a no disqualification match, right? I mean, in reality, they per the rules of wrestling. I guess they could have thrown that out. So I don't know if it was messed up or not. Here we go. And a big old person there in the front row. Man, this is, uh, this is good stuff. Oh man. It's great. It's <laughs> great. Grabbing the lady's leg. Please help me. Please <laughs> yeah. help me. They are having, and that you'll be okay. Ricky. Oh, he'll be fine. Yeah. Come on. You get can back beat in. him. Get you can beat him. Talking yeah. that lady. Look, he's got you know, his, his hand on my leg. You know, Conrad, we watch it. There's Conrad like Bill. He's, he's checking out the women in the stands. Uh, see you and I have uh, watched a lot of shows. This is absolutely one of the best matches we've seen. Oh, without question. Yeah, it is. And, and, and flair and funk was great too, but, uh, man, this fucking look at fucking steamboat. Come at him face first. Hey, out of baby. Second time he's done that. Why don't we do it again this way? Oh, this is wonderful. It's one of these matches. I'm telling you this. It's second time he's done that. It's whoa. It's one of these matches that that make you realize why you love wrestling. If you get pissed off at what you see on Raw or SmackDown, we're with you. Uh, watch Wrestle War '89. Watch this match. You'll fall in love with wrestling again. It's like, you know, I've been doing now baseball for 11 years and sometimes got to admit baseball can be a little bit long and a little bit boring and a little bit monotonous. And there have been times that I have gone back home and watched on DVD, the Kent Burns baseball movie to get my love of baseball back. I, I, I have, and I suggest that if you sometimes wane on your love of wrestling, Put up, put in Russell War '89 and watch this match. You'll love it all over again. Talk to me about this uh, Ken Burns baseball movie. Okay, it's it's a documentary. It's like uh, it's like nine episodes, and it talks about the history of baseball. It's a documentary about baseball, and it goes back in the you know the '50s. It goes back to the early times of baseball. And they use music and they use, you know, interviews and they use guys and it's just, uh, in pictures and it's just 
it makes you realize how much you love the game of baseball and how much I love it. So, uh, it just, it just brings you back. It brings you back to your love of the game. And I think this does too. I know this does. Can you imagine? And I, and I'm sure you imagine when they used to back in the, in the seventies worked house shows together each and every night they worked. Now I'm sure they didn't do this for every show. I'm sure if they worked a spot show or two, like at Fishersville, Virginia, or somewhere in North Carolina, LRB, North Carolina, or something like that, they didn't do a match like this, but Charlotte Coliseum, Greensboro Coliseum, Roanoke Civic Center, Richmond Coliseum, Charleston, South Carolina, the big cities in the, uh, in the Carolinas. Shit, man, fans saw this all the time or somewhat of a version of it. And they were younger. They were 10 years younger. Turn that phone off, some bitch. We're watching a match. That wasn't my phone. That's two chains. Oh, it's two chains. Ten, ten, ten. Okay. <laughs> Flair just Flair just fucking slugged him on the back, man. He fucking slugged him. He's been chopping him, but he took a, a sledgehammer fist and slugged him right between the shoulder blades. Oh man. Melcher's right. After the 17 minute mark, these, these two guys are shitting and getting buddy. Shitting and getting that's a Southern expression. Yeah, it sure is, man. Kicking it into high gear, leaving no stone unturned. All right. Fucking fans are fucking into this. Here it is. One of the classic moves. <laughs> oh. Is this the match they're going to watch uh, at Starcast? I think they're going to do Chicago. Really? You, you like you like Nashville better? Oh, I like that. This is the best one. You know, I, um, I was looking at your house the other day on Google earth and I saw that there's, uh, some listings nearby. Yeah. You know, there's that mobile home park and they've got the, uh, the banner out front and it says live here, walk to Walmart and McDonald's. And I think that's cool that, I mean, of all the things to market, you know, you're, you're close to restaurants and shopping, you know? How, how long have you waited to, to, to come up with that one? <laughs> no, that's, not, that's real. I, I didn't come up with it. Meanwhile, back at the match. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, fans, man, let's standing thinking it's over up oh, underneath Tommy young modestly said that Earl Hebner was the greatest referee of all time and Earl Hebner is good, but Tommy Young's the greatest referee of all time. Yeah, I can get it, behind that. Yep. I like Charles Robinson too. So the, the, the judges are giving scorecards based on what's happening so far, similar to boxing. 
in case it goes the time limit draw, right? Yes. Right. Kind of like what we did in the first Clash of the Champions. But then again, we had Jason Hervey as one of our, and Eddie Haskell <laughs> as our judges. And a girl that ended up swinging on the baby's arm. Swinging on the baby's arm. Well, very few can say that. Well, maybe a lot can say that. I don't know. That's there. They just, this is an athletic competition. Without question. This is real. This is pro wrestling. This is what I remember. It's what I fell in love with. And by golly, I'm not going to, I'm not going to step on any of the guys who are wrestling today, but you don't see this anymore. Well, in fairness, a a lot of them aren't given the opportunity. That's right. They've got a four minute thing on TV. That's different from 33 minutes. That's right. One, two. And not only that, that we're in the, we're in the era of high spot, high spot, high spot, just to show your acrobatic ability and not sell and not. Fuck. You know, they did that same spot in Chicago and it's still fun. Yeah, it is. You know, I think, you know, one of the things that's worth mentioning is did Flair shoot his pants? <laughs> um, you know, you're wrestling the match for the, for the live audience. And if that audience is reacting to chops and headlock takeovers and deep arm drags, that's what you keep doing. Sure. But if you're, you know, in the more modern era and nobody's getting into that, well, you try to turn the volume up. What can we do to get them into this? And if that means I need to do a flippity doodah springboard in your face, then I'm going to do a flippity doodah springboard in your face. And I understand that, but today fans are just cheering the moves more than they are the match, the storytelling. And I get it. I, I understand. Well, Listen, no time you, you know change. what, you know, what's not in the crowd right here, what we're watching, you know, what's not in the crowd anywhere to be found guaranteed Signs. a cell phone. Yeah. Nobody's scrolling Twitter. Nobody's scrolling Instagram. Nobody's posting on Facebook. Nobody's texting. Like nobody's getting a call from their mom. Everybody has nothing else to do except watch this. All the eyes are on this. Nobody's looking down. Nobody's taking a picture. They're into it. And that, you know, what you're talking about, you know, they got to focus on high spots and not storytelling. I think there's a, a attention span deficit now compared to what it used to be. Yeah. We've all got so many distractions, but nobody here is, you know, thumbing through Instagram pictures. That's just not a thing. Whoa. Kicked out. And now people pay a lot of money for tickets. To go watch an event and they don't actually watch it because, you know, they're, they paid to compete with their phone. You know, I've, uh, I have even seen, I think we've talked about this before at uh, ringside and a WWE event. I've seen even a jack off with a lavalier mic talking into it as the match is going on. Why does he got to be a jack off? Look at that suplex. Wow. Why does he got to be a jack off? He doesn't have to be a jack off. It's just a word that I chose. He's probably a good guy and he may like us. Who knows? 
But oh, so there was a guy. But I'm I'm looking at it thinking, uh, I don't I don't get what you're doing here, dude. I don't get what you're doing. Watch the match. Enjoy the match. That's why I use that term. You know, we talk so much about the selling and the chopping. It takes just phenomenal athletic ability and conditioning to be able to keep doing this the way they're doing. Now, though, they're only going 30 minutes. There it is. Fans think it's over. It's a big chop. Steamboat looking for a place to, oh, to go. Great communication between Flair and Tommy Young right here. Tommy letting Flair know where he is. Oh, what a nice story that was. So steamboats on the top rope, getting ready to do his big cross body block. Uh, flair is uh, woozy. He's dazed. He's stunned. He collapses into the second rope that shakes the top rope, obviously. And when that happens down goes steamer and he takes a tumble all the way to the floor and Tommy young is counting him out. Will our champion be able to get to his feet? on a now injured knee and make his way back into the ring. Change the complexion of the match here. Right. When steamboat had it all in his grasp. And again, just storytelling. You don't see anymore because they're not asked to. Do you think here's a bold question? And I don't know if I have the answer to this, but in your opinion, do you think a gaggle of writers have hurt the business? Oh, look at this standing suplex, like all the blood run to his head, then dropping him down. Yes. And no, you know, I think a lot of the performers can understand have a better feel for their own character than a writer would. And I think you can just sort of tell them, Hey, here's what we're trying to accomplish almost bullet points. And then just let them do their thing. But at the same time, some of the best promos we've ever heard were completely scripted. Like, right. You know, you really loved when you actually got to see the rocks promo earlier this year. Yeah. You thought it was one of the most entertaining things ever. Every word of it was scripted. Sure. So, you know, I heard, I heard triple H years ago, explain, you know, people say, oh, they don't want the writers. Oh, they don't want the scripts. No, what you want is a good promo. Like what you want is for it to be good. So if, if it's the rock and it's scripted and it's awesome, then scripting's good. But if it's Seth Rollins and it's scripted and it's not good, then it's bad scripting. No, it's either it's good or it's not. And I don't care how we get there. And I don't care how the sausage is made. Just entertain me. Right. I think I need to really kind of rephrase this question. Here's what I meant. I I've been in so many different meetings. I just feel like, and I don't know how many writers they have per show now. I don't, but I I do know this. I do know that when you get a lot of people kicking around ideas, you do more kicking around than you do have to come up with ideas. And, and I understand that with writers, you do that. You, you sit down at a table. I mean, all shows have writers and they come up with stuff, but, but for, for wrestling, I just think that if somebody's got an idea, that's a good idea. Sometimes it loses its steam once it goes around the table. And sometimes I think you can put too many people in there and what becomes a good idea becomes muddled and thus is not a good idea anymore. And you wait. And then what happens is there's attrition. 
Then you've talked about it so far and, oh my God, we got so much more to do. And now you can't spend the time that you need on this angle or this match because you've wasted four or five hours on another one. And then people get tired. And I'm just, I'm just freestyling here that sometimes the old way, and that's one thing Dusty always said, the old way was the good way. I'm coming up with the ideas. I'll live and die with them. So just thinking out loud here. I like when you think out loud. Oh man. Flair just great storytelling. He had the knee hurt and he's just hanging on to it. Absorbing the blows. Injury. Look at fucking steamboat cell, man. Fuck. There you go. Knee was too much. And look at the crowd. They're going nuts. And by the way, it wasn't a figure four. It wasn't a big fancy maneuver. Steamboat goes for the body slam. And he flair knows that that leg is weakened. He turns it into a pinning combination and he is your champion. Let's, uh, let's hear what Jim Ross has to say. champion I've ever faced and I'm proud to be here for a sixth time uh, hey, hey Rick I want to be the first to congratulate you on being the new world's champion Terry thank you very much we do appreciate the judges being here hey Rick I also want to say that if it would have gone 60 minutes that I would have liked to have uh, I would have voted for Rick Flair because I think that you're the greatest wrestler in the world today. Very nice. Thank you very much, Terry. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Terry. You know, champ, it went past 35, 40 minutes. It was nip and tuck both. You know, I would, I would also like to go ahead, and I'd also like to go ahead and, and be the first one to challenge Ric Flair to that new championship. Well, Terry, uh, I'm honored that you'd like to get in the picture, but... As the wrestling fans know, you've been an active, you've been in Hollywood, Sylvester Stallone, while I've been being the world champion. And we got a top 10. We got a top 10 that the world champion is obligated to wrestle. 
And that's why we are number one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you, are you really saying that uh, I'm not a contender? No, what I'm saying, Terry, is that you are a great wrestler, but right now you're rubbing shoulders with Sylvester Stallone and not the no, world champion. No, 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 no. I was just asking, do you think it, uh, you're I'm not arguing. good enough? You're saying that I'm not good enough, aren't you, Rick? I'm not saying that at all, Terry. Yes, me to look you in the eye and tell you that I got a problem with wrestling a guy that's been out in Hollywood for five years. It's the bottom line, but I'm looking at the top ten, and you're no. not in the top ten. No, Rick, Rick, Rick. Let me conclude this by saying thank you. I'm honored, everybody. Win, lose, or draw, Rick Flair. Rick, please, please let me just say one more thing. I was, I was just kidding you about going ahead and and. and wanting to challenge you. I didn't want to really challenge you. I was just kidding you. So, Ed Gummett, let's go ahead. That was beef. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Hey! And we're off to the races. Terry Funk going nuts and attacking Ric Flair here at ringside. And you're going to see something that's way ahead of its time. Years before Sabu, uh, Terry Funk is going to Get a little hardcore with the nature boy here. And I love the way this angle was set up. what did you think of it, Tony? Oh yeah. Well, uh, again, you got, when you got wrestling talent in the ring like that, they're going to make it work. And fucking fans are hot now too, aren't they? Fuck yeah. Go get him. You got to think, man, Flair just had to look at it. Get out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Flair just had this great match. Oh my God. A, t- a table. He's. He's going to what? What? What's he going to He's going to file drive him on the fucking table. Now, of course, this is. They're not gimmicking tables here. And look at the way Flair's going to take it. He's got his hands on his boots, but you know, they don't gimmick the table, but he pile drives them on it. It doesn't break. It's a sturdy as fuck table, but still a cool visual and ahead of its time to be sure. I think the only time I had seen somebody do a table like this before was with Harley race and Hulk Hogan on Saturday night's main event. And that's really what ended Harley's career because that table too was not gimmicked. Uh, but the innovator, here he is, just stack a table on top of him and then hit him with a chair. Funk was, was middle-aged and crazy before that was cool. And he's probably in the best shape of his career here. Yeah. Looks good, man. And of course this all led up to that. I quit match, which we have, we have covered. Yeah. What? So we should mention that, you know, even though people talk about flair steamboat in 89, again, that match. Uh, was really set up and accelerated by a clash of the champions right before the Chicago pay-per-view, which was in February. Now, here we are, it's wrapped up now in just may. Um, but he's kicking things off here with Terry Funk and they're going to go all the way through December with the, I quit match. So a much longer feud with Terry Funk would dominate 1989 than Ricky steamboat. Boy, fans are fucking irate. There was one guy wanted to push. He grabs Jr. Now he's pushing Klondike out of the way. And of course, 
Look at this, man. He fuck. Gonna kick Doug Dillinger's ass. Fans are into this. Yeah, man. This is legitimate heat here. So my question is, uh, why didn't they end the show with this? I don't know, Tony, you know, if you weren't, if you weren't busy jacking off the ultimate warrior, you could have had some input, you know? Yeah. They weren't asking me. I was seven. What? Yeah, that's right. What? Tony blame my ass. Well, everything's your fault. I was talking yeah, to Lois right. earlier today and <laughs> blame me. Yeah. You could have, you could have changed it Tony, but I was only seven. Yeah. I could have done anything. They would have said, you know what would have happened in the front office? They said, let's put the road warriors and the varsity club on last. And I would say great idea. Of course. Cause you're a stooge. <laughs> you're a yes, man. Your hand job. Okay. All right. Whoa. All right. Now I, I, people think that I'm Conrad Thompson, but I'm really Joe Panasino and I'm here with a man of a thousand haircuts, but for wrestling moves, Nikita Koloff, uh, I want to ask you about your haircut, but instead I'm going to ask why you're wearing Tommy young shirt and what you had to do to get it. Uh, tell us what your intentions are tonight with this stupid haircut and that shirt. That's a schmedium. Oh, the better question is. How a good looking woman like Bonnie Blackstone would we even want to hook up with someone like you? She beautiful. She's sexy. She's Southern, but she also apparently fucking blind. I don't know. I asked the boys, here's Joe Pettacino to my left looking like a, well, we know how he looks. And then you got Bonnie Blackstone looking how she looks. And then we got, have you ever seen your dick? I doubt if you have. Well, that's really none of your business. Let's go to the ring. Mm. Oh, Lord. So yeah. What do you make of these cheerleaders out here for the varsity club? The varsity club's a heel group, right? Yeah. Why do they have cheerleaders? Because heels have cheerleaders too. And they're in white and black. Oh, that's right. The bulldogs, the Georgia bulldogs do have cheerleaders. Wow. Zing go varsity club. Go. Varsity club, sis, boom, ba go varsity club. Can't cut a promo. We'll cheer for you. Go varsity club. Yay. 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 Go Raiders. Yay. 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 Hey, we blow captains of the team. Yay. 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 What are you saying right now? I'm just, I was trying to freestyle cheer here. We blow captains of the team. Oh, did I say that? Uh, well, I'll cut that out before it makes air. No, you're not. Why would you do I that? I don't want to offend anybody, you know? Hey, did you see what happened recently with, uh, Lars Sullivan on WWE? Uh, I saw, I didn't see it, but I, I've heard bits and pieces about it, man. How badass is this entrance of the road warriors? Yeah. I got to tell you the black shoulder pads and the silver spikes. It's better than the red. How does that not get over? I know. 
Uh, no. So I guess Lars back in the day, um, it's kind of a shithead online. That's some pretty huh. shitty things. And now people are kind of, kind of mad about it. Well, well, why don't they do something about it? I mean, I think a lot of people are saying they should fire him. Oh, really? I mean, it was, I mean, it, was it was not good. Was it racist stuff that he said? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, there you go. There you go. That's unfortunate because I thought uh, Lars had a chance to be a big star. Didn't you? No. Okay. You know, I, I thought when, uh, you know, he was supposed to do something with Cena at WrestleMania and he had some anxiety issues that caused him to just leave the building early. I assumed WWE was going to just say, well, that's the end of that. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not, I'm not judging, you know, I, I know it, people who are very close to me in my life have severe anxiety issues and I get it. Um, but at the same time, you know, allegedly WWE, if you get a fucking concussion, that's like, oh, they're injury prone. Like it's your fault. You got a concussion. Like anybody would intentionally get a concussion. And right. so if that's the attitude and nobody's ever outwardly said that, but it's always been implied. Then, then I was just like, well, uh, this is not going to last. Right. Well, see, you know more of the backstory than I do. So for me, because I, I don't follow this stuff like you do. Uh, it was just this big, strong, bald guy that showed up on TV. That's all I knew. That had a pretty good look strength, do some crazy things, but there you go. But you know what? There have been big, strong, crazy-looking guys in the business before. And there will be again. There will be again. And that's the thing. You know, that, that it's, it's like, any other, uh, like any other sports team, like any other college team. There's always somebody else. There is. There's no one that, that's uh, irreplaceable, unreplaceable. Everybody can be replaced. How about the power slam off the top rope there from animal? Wow. But my question is as good as these guys are, and it's great as an entrance. Do the fans have anything left for this match after what they've seen after they've seen flair and steamboat and then flair be pile driven on a table. It, it comes back to the thing you and I've talked about many times. And to me, it's, it's like, it's the Jericho triple H effect, right? After Rock and Hogan. I just don't know. I think it's a, a very, very tough, tall task for these guys to to be asked to come out and do this. That's some raw power right there, guys. He picked him up, I don't think, with much help. Oh. You remember when you first saw the road warriors? Um, I'm going to guess it was 90. Okay. I remember them from the days of, you know, the old, the Turner shows and with Gordon Soley, the old world championship wrestling and, 
But see, you're Thank way, you. way, way older than me. You're oh yeah, so of course, I am. severely older than me. Well, okay, but I, I just thought that uh, I just I remember thinking, these fuckers, these fuckers are incredible. These fuckers are like above and beyond. And then, of course, they kind of then they kind of just bring the the strong man. No selling now. I know Hawk selling right now, but he's doing it for Doctor Death. I mean, he might not have a choice with Death. Right, exactly. Because uh, a Doc would stretch you, and then uh, you're gonna sell whether you want to or not. Exactly. So, be easier if you, you made it your choice. <laughs> As we say, easy way or hard way, right? Uh, I tell you what, gonna mm-hmm. try to pull some of that no selling shit on old Doctor Death. Uh, we'll see about that. Yeah. And get your shirts at LoisRules.com. Oh, I guess we should tell everybody we've got, uh, some new merchandise coming their way. You and I have been working behind the scenes on, uh, some fun ideas and we're going to get cranking with some new swag. Yeah. I saw some of the designs that new slag, a swag and a couple of those new designs may really get my ass in trouble. You know that, don't you? She will She won't see. It'll get back to her. Okay. And well, I think it was only one that would get you in trouble, but that's all it takes. Buddy is one. Oh, here we go. Look at this. The doomsday device up top oh. down goes Dr. Death. I didn't see that coming. Oh, animals going to make the cover. Nope. No pin for Dr. Death. Spivey is wearing out the referee Nikita Koloff. Starship Eagle. There you go. Starship Eagle. He's out. Oh God. We just got a fucking melee. A fucking melee. Slobber knocker. Yeah. And we still got like what? 12, 15 minutes in the, to go in the show, man. (laughs) Joe, not selling shit in there. Come on, camera, get back. Nikita, come on, get in there, you. And Paul Ellering, just back from the safari. And the Road Warriors win. But we're not done yet. We still got another match, right? Why was Paul Ellering dressed like he was going on safari? I don't I have no idea, Paul. Crikey. I'm out here hunting no cells. <laughs> what we need are two giant steroided up face painted Mohawk men who've never wrestled in their lives. If we could find that, we could put them in Mad Max attire and make them world champions. Give me one who's a real meathead. Joe Larnatus, I'll take him. Where can we find them? What if we looked at Asian massage parlors? <laughs> Look for Tony Schiavone. Oh boy. Oh boy. He, Bring it back to this. Uh, he you. is the gateway keeper to all of the talent in the Asian massage parlors. Uh, We've searched Asian okay, massage parlors okay. worldwide. Right, cut. To- we got another match here, dude. <laughs> Paul Ellering is long gone. The fans should be too. I'd be like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Uh huh. Never mind. Look who else we found in an Asian massage parlor. Jesus. 
Oh, Missy didn't know how to look bad. How crazy is it last week? We covered Missy and ECW where she's talking about just incredible. Must've been on Viagra and asking Jack victory. Did I fuck you? Mm. And now here she is looking like the a Southern bell. Yeah. The first family. Eddie Gilbert was a talent, man. How much did you love Rick Steiner wearing different boots? Oh, he was something else. And what I want is a, I want a left one, but, but then I want a right one that doesn't match. So you want two pairs of boots? Nope. Nope. I want one pair of boots. So do you want the white or do you want the black and the gold? Both. You're, you're, you're not listening. I, I want one white one. And then I want one like black and gold one. And now he runs the fucking school board. You know, here's a, here's the story. And I, uh, I dig it out. I'll send it to you. Uh, we went to see my granddaughter, Lizzie in a band concert at the middle school on Thursday, Thursday night. And Lois took a picture of the plaque because it's a brand new middle school. And the plaque said the name of the school, when it was, uh, established and it listed Cherokee County school board and listed all the members at the bottom, Rick Steiner. <laughs> I said, it's true. It's real. And he's using Rick Steiner, which is not <laughs> even his real name. No, it's not, but it's on the plaque. <laughs> I thought that was tremendous. Um, we haven't referred to him as school board and ham keeps in a while. No, I know we haven't. What's up with that? I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of better when they're both in the ring together. You know, this yeah. is before the, the Steiner brothers were together. Oh, so what did you do before you were on the school board? I took some shots on a ring, uh, ring post. He was a realtor still is. Yeah, I know. I think the story was when he was running for school board in Cherokee County, there was a, uh, an outcry because he wanted to use the name Rick Steiner and they wanted, they said, you got to use your real name. And I guess he stretched a couple people. And now, as you can see by the plaques on the school, it is Rick Steiner. We should tell you too, uh, if you want to buy a house, then, uh, you should definitely go find. Rick Steiner. He is at call We've talked about his brother's business quite a bit, not plugged his very much. Uh, so check him out. Call And, uh, if you want to get him directly, his numbers seven, seven, Oh, two, four, Oh, 2005. If you'd like to buy or sell real estate in Atlanta or the Atlanta area, uh, especially in Cherokee County where he's from. And, uh, I tell you, I don't know if, uh, I know you're not familiar with Cherokee County Woodstock, but wow, what a great area of Atlanta to live in. I've got, I've got two kids who live there and it's just, uh, just great. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Tell us more about Woodstock. All of our listeners really want to know. Well, are you, are you licensed to, uh, sell mortgages in Georgia? No. Okay. That, that's why you don't give a shit about it. Yeah, okay. Correct. Here's a pickup. You, you got me. He caught me. Okay. <laughs> if you were, you'd be all in that. Yeah. Live in Woodstock. Wait, hang on though. Who the fuck would want to live in Georgia on purpose? Uh, oh, come on now. Sucks a dick. Oh, fuck. 
It does. Fuck. We need I'll, to build a wall around Alabama. I uh, know. Keep you fucks out of here. Yeah. <laughs> we need to, we need to build a wall, a tall wall on the, uh, Western edge of Georgia, Eastern part of Alabama that keeps all that fucking rain in your state. Because I've never seen anything like it. It's like the sunshiny, but guess what? There's rain in Alabama. It's on the way here. Fuck. Why doesn't the rain go up and get Tennessee? Leave us alone. Jesus. We're tired of that rain that always rains in Alabama hitting Georgia. Did you say you wanted them to build a Paul wall, a tall wall? You said a Paul wall. Did I like, I look at the fans, by the way, look at all those empty seats. Yeah. They, yeah they've seen what they needed to see. But yeah. You said a Paul wall and it made okay. me wonder if well, you've been dipping since you're going through your midlife crisis and you got your cubic zirconias in, are you, are you listening to hip hop again? Uh, well, I could be listening to something. Oh, don't start with me. Don't start that shit. What? Yeah, no, you got to cut that off or we won't be able to put this on YouTube. God, Grandpa. Okay. I'm allowed to play a couple seconds. That was, okay, that was a Paul Wall song. And now, and you said Paul Wall. Okay. I meant tall wall. T-A-L-L. Big wall to keep the fucking thunderstorms and rain in Alabama where it needs to be. I don't think you know how weather works. I don't care how it works. I want to change it. You you want the, you want structures on the ground here on earth to dictate yeah. what falls from the sky. Yes, I do. And okay. I got well, the, good, good luck, the, man. Keep the systems out. And if it keeps a, a couple of rednecks, white trash out of Georgia, that works too. Here. You're not a nice person. Yes, I am a good person too. I'm no. a great, I'm a great person. No, I'm a friendly guy. No, I'm fan friendly. No, no, <laughs> slap the realtor. Slap. <laughs> That's what he just did. Why was that funny? <laughs> no, let's play slap the realtor. I mean, I'm, I'm in, <laughs> I don't like realtors. I don't want to go there. Oh, no, I was kidding. I'll, you know what else I don't like? Shonies. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's your favorite thing at Shonies? Uh, my favorite thing is, is the uh, big boy double stack hamburger. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Is, is it called? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's called the double stack hamburger. No, it's, but it's double stack. It's a double hamburger. It's called the big boy. I think it had special sauce on it before McDonald's started their special sauce. I don't think they call it a big boy anymore. They got an all American burger. Oh, here's what you want. You want the Shoney's double decker. Oh, the Shoney's double decker. Speaking of double, there's Missy. Mm. Got a good shot of her. Mm. Mm. When did Eddie Gilbert pass away? Um, I'm going to guess 90. Yeah. I was thinking it's, yeah, it's uh, it was, less, it was. less than 10 years from this, this one. Yeah, that's right. You, you nailed it. Cause he died in uh, February of 95. Yeah. That's sad. He's Eddie was talented kid. Yeah. Just 34 too. Wow. Could have done a lot of stuff, man. You're not kidding. 
He you could know, be he, one of those guys that still be, that would still be in the business right now. You know? Oh yeah. It's, He'd be very creative behind the scenes and yep. you know, he was supposed to be a bigger part of ECW and hmm. you know, imagine yeah. what his influence could have been like in the attitude era. Oh my God. You That'd have been made for him, buddy. What could he have done with the NWO? Yeah. But you know, instead we get Tony Schiavone. There you go. How about that? Instead, we get Tony Schiavone. No justice in the world, really. A talent like Eddie Gilbert dies at 34, and meanwhile, you fucking live forever. I might die tomorrow. I hope not. I hope not, too. If you do, can I get that six-man belt in the wheel? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it'll be willed to you. Like that, the, like, and you got to, you, first of all, you got to fight through some dog hair to get to the treasure map, which has been hermetically sealed. Then you have to take the treasure map, and Lois will be your guide to the attic. Oh, don't, don't hit the girl. Don't, don't, no, don't, no, 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 no. Ooh. How about he just dropped the chair? <laughs> I don't know why that was funny, but it was. Yeah. Well, he's concerned about his girl. Meanwhile, fuck. Spivey, get off of it, buddy. Here it is. There's your school board member. Ugh. I think Rick Steiner went on to later in his career, have shoulder surgery. Yep. And, uh, I'm sure this didn't help shoulder against the ring post. Now the first family wins. So the, uh, road warriors mask got two and a half stars and, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Eddie Gilbert. Got two and a half stars. The roadwear mask got three and a half stars. Oh, it did. That's pretty high ranking. Meltzer would say there was a definite mood about the place that this was day one of the new beginning of the NWA. Maybe yes, maybe no, but from a booking standpoint, this was the best book pay-per-view thus far. I can't judge the overall production announcing, etc. but they've got nothing but praise from those I've talked to. The wrestling was basically good with a super main event. They came out with several new angles for the summer and there is. Uh, some more of the same to come over the next two months. Wow. He says, for sure. Flair's a baby face, baby face. will get a great pop and super heat in the houses, particularly with a heel with the knowledge and ability of funk the television interviews between the two may very well exceed those between that. Randy Savage has been doing, but if you aren't watching the TVs and the promotion of the house show stays the way it has been. They may do a great product and have great matches, but it won't result in great money. Won't result in great money. Huh? Interesting comment. The WWF show, which ran the night before here, uh, at least, uh, he's saying that the backstage was crazy. You had John Cougar mailing camp backstage at the WWF show. And guess who else was there? I don't know. Rick Flair. <gasps> They've been trying to get out of New York for years. I've been trying to get in. Used to throw that out on local promos all the time. It is interesting to think about your top star for the company visiting the competition. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, seriously, like what if Roman Reigns just stopped by double or nothing in the back? Yeah. The internet would melt. Of course. Or what if, what if Kenny Omega was backstage at Raw? 
Right. And thanks to the internet and social media, that's probably why they don't do that anymore. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, there's friends that they have that are not wrestling for their company. They'd like to say hello to, and they'd like to, to go out and give them their best and say, go out, you know, because, you know, all these wrestlers, listen, all, all these wrestlers are good guys, hardworking kids. And, and that's what, that's kind of what I love about the business. And that's kind of like why I decided to do some work with MLW because I wanted to help kids in their career because they, they bump, they do crazy shit. They go through tables, they go through chairs, they cut themselves, not as much as they used to. And it's, it's not an easy business. And I just, I'm one of those guys that when somebody says wrestling is fake, it's like hitting a flat note It's like, uh, it's not, it's choreographed. It ain't fake. And you want some proof? Re-rack this one. Re-rack's not a term anymore, but re-watch this Flair Steamboat. You tell me that's fake? Fuck you. You're crazy. So long, everybody. My podcast number one. <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of podcasts, we need to plug our great close personal friend, Cassio Kid. If you enjoy Cassio's cameos here on the show, you should definitely check out his new podcast, Cassio's Cut. Uh, it's on audio boom and, uh, well, soon enough, it'll be everywhere you enjoy podcasts, but Cassio's cut.com is where you can find it. And of course, Cassio is C A I easy for me to say C A S I O S C U T.com Cassio's cut.com. Yeah. I look forward to that and I uh, look forward to being on it with him and he is our good buddy. Uh, and, uh, man, we just love him really do. Yeah. And not, not 50% of us like the audience, a hundred percent of us, but only 50% of the audience, but that's going to wrap it up. Wrestle war 89. Uh, we are really home stretching it here as we get ready, uh, for a very special event. Um, as most of you are hearing this Starcast is right around the corner. Yes, it is. And of course, uh, the first big stage show, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, 30 years and three and five stars later. That's exactly right. Good old JR will be on stage with uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Nature Boy Ric Flair talking about this series and this trilogy from 1989. And then you've got a couple of big events as well. Uh, you'll be sitting down with Sting. You'll be sitting down with Tully Blanchard, Magnum TA. And we haven't announced it, but here we go. You're going to be sitting down with Arn Anderson. Uh, these are major characters on our show here on what happened when, and, and important people, uh, throughout the history of not only WCW, but Jim Crockett promotions and Tony Schiavone is synonymous with all of them. And you don't have to make a trek out to Las Vegas. If you can, by all means, please do starcast.com, but you can join us on fight. And, uh, me and you haven't even talked about this, Tony, but fights an interactive platform. So fans at home will be able to ask questions live through fight. So when it gets to the Q and a portion of the show, we'll not only be taking some questions from the audience, but we'll be able to take some live from fight as well. So it's a truly interactive experience That's cool. and, uh, you can get 22 shows over 30 hours of content for just $59 right now. It will be live. It will be in HD. You'll have two stages going at all times to choose from. And, uh, the very special event, the main event is the roast of Ric Flair and it's all included. Uh, not only live and on demand, but with unlimited replays and HD. Uh, and if you support 
professional wrestling. We would certainly love to have your support for this. Uh, as you can imagine, this is not an easy or uh, cheap undertaking and, uh, the Las Vegas unions and laws and rules and local legalities have thrown us some curveballs this year, but we're hanging tough, man. And we appreciate your support. So if you dig what we're doing, consider picking up Starcast on fight. That would mean a lot to Tony and myself. And, uh, no matter what, we're going to see you back next week, right here with another edition of what happened when with Tony Schiavone, tell your friends, tell a neighbor, hit the five-star review button, leave us a review. And, uh, Tony, when I look at my clock, I feel like it's about that time. Yes, it is. And be sure not to slap a realtor unless you're taking blue chew. And if you're taking blue chew and you slap a realtor and that realtor is Rick Steiner, pack up your shit and leave town on Atlas van lines. We're out of time. We'll see you next week on what happened when on the MLW radio network, as well as on Patron. Promotional considerations paid for by the following. Botsofgimmicks.com With new items each week. The official store of what happened when. Something to wrestle with every three weeks. Log on and get your gimmicks for the wrestling fan in your life. Or something for yourself. And by Patreon.com forward slash WHW one day. Want to be a low-key big hog or a glass bottom boat rider? How about a member of the Hot Tag Express or the Slapdick Nation? With Conrad Thompson, Tony Schiavone with bonus podcast, behind-the-scenes videos, and weekly chats with new content each week. And by LoisRules.com. Get your t-shirts from What Happened When right now. And by What Happened When Live in St. Louis. Saturday, June 22nd at 9 p.m. at Off Broadway. Tickets available at etix.com. And what happened when live in Baltimore, Sunday, June 23rd at noon at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Tickets at jimmysfamousseafood.com. And by Starcast 2, coming to Las Vegas, May 23rd through the 26th, as part of Double or Nothing Weekend. Go to starcast.com for more information.